Listen, there are spoilers ahead for the manga that we read, which includes One Piece, Boku no Hero Academia, Chainsaw Man, Jujutsu Kaisen, and Dr. Stone. Oh, and uh, solo leveling. Right, and solo leveling. But we may talk about others. Who knows what we're going to get into. The point is, there are spoilers ahead. Enter at your own risk. Hey guys, welcome to the Weekly Spate, episode 10. We made it to 10 episodes. It's a big deal uh, for me. I don't know. Um, a couple things that I... This has been bothering me all week, so I, I need to address it up top. Last week, uh, we kind of got into a side discussion uh, about... Let me back up. This is the Weekly Spate. I'm Dylan. That's Jake. How are you, Jake? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Right. Okay. Now, I, I really need to say this. We got into a discussion about, um, we were trying to figure out if there were strong female anime characters who also were not sexualized. And we couldn't come up with any. On but, the spot. Yeah, but it really gnawed at me. And there, of course, are some. I don't want to get strung up. Mikasa from Attack on Titan is the obvious one. The one that I can't believe I missed was uh, Integra from Helsing. But they definitely exist. Like, I, okay, I, my soul can rest. Now, next order of business. Congratulations on completing your Nuzlocke run. We've been doing a lot of Pokemon uh, randomizer. Yeah. But before we get to it, before we get to it, um, the uh, their sensei from Full Metal Alchemist literally just right. That. Uh, there's a couple from good, uh, good the one. Olivia, the chick that runs. Olivia's the, a little bit sexualized, but not yeah. not overtly. It's not like the entire point. Of yeah. The also, the major from uh, Ghost in the Shell. She's mm-hmm. pretty good. That, uh, that one's a little bit. Uh, yeah, you know, she's like naked sometimes, but she's like a very sexless robot. So it's right, like, we, yeah, we, which even calls into question the whole gender lens yeah. to begin with. There. And then a little bit more borderline, but the um, the chick from Berserk, she gets raped bad, but she's not treated yeah. as like a sexual being necessarily. That that one's just entirely wonky. Though. Yeah, she's capable, but shown in in. She's a not anywhere in the power scope of like the actual fighters in the story, and b shown at at multiple points to have her s- sort of the side of her that is capable and serious is like a weakness. Yeah, because you know? she doesn't believe in things that she needs to be able to believe in. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's that's a conversation for another time. We should talk at some point about Berserk, but. Um, getting back into what's really important for us <laughs> right now for me, we've been playing a ton of randomizer Nuzlocke. This, Pokemon is close enough to, to our, our subject matter. To it's, I'm gonna say it counts, it's Japanese. It's So, this, this is the patrician way to play Pokemon, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. So, there's three elements of what make randomizer Nuzlocke the best way to play Pokemon. One is the randomizer. So, this is sweet. This is randomizing all the Pokemon in the world. Um, you know, it, it throws into disarray what normally is the big sort of knock to Pokemon's replayability, which is that you sort of tend to always optimize your team. Like, the best example for me is that, uh, I, you know, we always pick fire starters because they're badass. And, not, and, not always, but usually. Um, it, in the first gen, you, you would get wrecked by Brock, uh, and I would always, 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 always go catch a Mankey. Uh, you know, in that little offshoot over towards 
to the left of Viridian going over towards the um, Elite Four, you know, Indigo Plateau type of thing. Because I knew, I, you know, I having a fighting type move would, would let me go rock Brock. Um, and having the randomizer just, like, throws all of that to the wind. You don't know who you're going to run into, and you don't know what Pokemon you're going to be able to catch, which brings me to my next point. Nuzlocke, if you're not familiar, is a self-imposed set of rules when you're playing Pokemon that only allows you to catch the first Pokemon in any area that you go into, a new route, a new town, a new cave, etc. And if it's permadeath. If any Pokemon faint, they're gone forever. You have to release them. So... Uh, and you have to give them names. That's I don't know if that's an official rule, but that's my rule. Because yeah, you have mean, to feel the pain I, I, when they die. I, I give all them all names in any sort of playthrough I do. But I this is the only way I play Pokemon anyway to begin with. Yeah. Because now, to, to use the randomizer, you need to be using a ROM and an emulator. Yeah. Uh, and with an emulator, this is the, the ultra biggest boost to playing Pokemon is it allows you to set the speed. Pokemon, for all of its most wonderful things about it... Uh, is very slow. The text, the dialogue is like unbearably slow and the move speed around the overworld is not very fast. And on the emulator, you, like we were sitting on the couch today watching football and reading manga and playing Pokemon and Dylan played through the first half of Soul Silver, where, you, you know, the, the Johto side of Soul Silver in the span of two football games. Yeah, dude, my Regigigas is a killing machine. It drinks blood and it, it hungers for, for death and destruction. It's awesome. We had been playing uh, Gen 3 for a while, which is Ruby Silver and Fire Red and Leaf Green, both of which are great games. And then we decided to run Hard Gold and Soul Silver, which was interesting for me because I had never even played any of the Gen 4 games. I just never had those, um, those consoles, those handhelds. So it was really nice for me to get exposed to a whole new generation of Pokemon still playing a plot line that I love, which is the, the Gen 2 uh, sort of world and plots. And uh, over the course of the last couple of days, my run was very enjoyable. Um, I started with a Houndoom and went through a ton of, you know, deaths in my squad due to the Nuzlocke rules and everything. But today I finally got all the way through uh, Kanto, which... I thought I was going to abandon because my Empoleon died at the beginning of Kanto and I was heartbroken. I was like, no, fuck this. I'm, I'm not even going to continue. But just on a whim, I'm like, all right, I'll push a little bit through because so a cool thing about Heart Gold Soul Silver is that they put new plot lines into Kanto, which, which was nice. Um, so I finish up Kanto and, you know, I'm heading up Mount Silver and I'm like, Man, it's gonna take me forever to get my mons anywhere leveled enough. He's to, got to all take eighty red. plus mons, yeah, dude, his, and his, random. So you can normally plan because you know he's got a Pikachu. This time you can't do that. It's it's all random. It, which, he, which means he, he could chuck out a Wizmer, but he also could chuck out a Dialga. In one of my playthroughs, I was rocking. I had a banging Dragonair, and I got to the end of the Elite Four, and this bitch had a Palkia that I could not overcome. My it, previous playthrough, I got to uh, Cynthia in in um or Claire rather in Blackthorn. She had an Entei with water absorb. Bullshit. It was, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it was game over. It was cataclysm level. And that's just sort of what you run in these randomizer Nuzlocke runs. There's very high highs where you can have something like a Regigigas starter <laughs> that's just vaporizing everything in front of it. And then very low lows, which is you, you encounter a gym leader or an elite four member or something like that with a good mon. And it's just, it's over. You, you, know, you, you can't do anything. So... I was at 
Mount Silver, and I'd been playing this playthrough for a while, and I decided to throw caution to the wind. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to go hit uh, Red, see what he's hitting for. And I was able to hang on just by the skin of my teeth. He had a Skarmory, which was just wrecking me. I did not have any electric Pokemon, um, you know, just by happenstance. It's Nuzlocke. If you don't, yeah. if you don't get one, then you don't get one. Um, but and, you did have a bunch of killer legendaries, though. Yeah, so you had a, you had a good squad. Kanto allows you to approach a lot of uh, like sort of static legendaries, and I got one legendary in the wild, which was Rayquaza, and that ended up being my my man. I gave him the power band, I think it's called, which uh, allows you to level up its attack more at the uh, at the you know sacrificing speed. So even though it was only fifty when it was fighting. Uh, Red's, you know, like level eighty something Pokemon. Its attack was just so absurdly strong that it let me it let me rock through a bunch of its guys. At Skarmory ended up taking out most of my squad, but Arceus was able to stay in. I had like a level forty Arceus or something, and it was able to stay in for a couple of hits against an eighty four Skarmory, uh, which let me get some heals off on the rest of my team. And uh, the only Pokemon surviving for me was Rayquaza, Raymundo the Rayquaza. <laughs> Um, and, uh, we, we, we pulled it off. So I'm the Pokemon champion. I'm the first president. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I yeah. it pretty good. I'm close behind because I, my Reggie Gigas is, is pretty spicy. And if I don't get bored, I feel that I will cruise through Kanto. Yeah. Although you got to keep foresight on it because you yeah. know, ghost would be the only hard counter to it. It's but. got, it's got dizzy punch, strength, fly for some reason and foresight. It's just a giant flying golem that walks behind me and smashes everyone. The, the stab strength is a sweet spot because it's, it's ridiculously strong, good accuracy and good PP is, is, is the key there you know, yeah yeah um, pp is, is a big ruiner of especially because runs. uh the big problem i've been running into is normally in the overworld you find elixirs everywhere but in this i got three for my whole playthrough and they're worth their weight in gold when you get to the elite four you can't you can't restore pp there's no way right. so if you don't have them it's a ggs it's over for you but uh it, it's it's a very fun way to play pokemon if you haven't done it i Highly suggest it. It's it you can I. It's hard for me to imagine going back to playing normal yeah. Pokemon. Maybe what I'll do. One. I don't even know if anyone looks at these, but in the show notes, I'll put a link to the randomizer and a couple ROMs, so you too can experience the joy of the Nuzlocke randomizer. Yep. yep. Yeah, that'll be good. Uh, hmm. Anything else? The Eagles suck. What the fuck else is new? They're such garbage. They're hot garbage. It's yeah. They still might win the NFC East, but. It, who cares? We we record these on Sundays usually, which so it's like after football, and it's just so dismal. Week after week, they just blow chunks, man. It's it's not a football podcast, but they suck. They big big suck. The end. That's pretty much what's been going on in our lives. Um, maybe one or two other notes. Well, Dylan's been catching up on Jujutsu Kaisen. I wanted to note that because now, for the first time, our spoiler tag is accurate. Yeah. In that yeah. We, we mentioned Jujutsu Kaisen in it, but we've never actually talked about it I in any detail. I'm not all the way caught up. I'm on issue 70, so I think I got 50 to go. I got distracted because I just crushed the Fire Force anime. I watched both seasons in, like, two days. And yeah, Fire Force is really good. So I have a little bit of work to do to uh, get back up to speed on Fire Force, but hopefully pretty soon we'll catch up on the manga. And we'll yeah. add that to the spate because it's just so good. It's it's um, so far seems very good. It has not let me down yet, which is 
Nice. And stick around for the end of the podcast. Dylan's not caught up on Jujutsu Kaisen yet, but I think it would do to have a little, you know, yeah, we can, ten we can minute convo see. about how you're feeling about it. Yeah. Um, anything else besides, oh, we watched a couple episodes of something called Darwin's Game. Yeah, that it's... That was pretty it, butt. So, yeah, the, I got excited because I saw uh, a trailer on YouTube for a different anime called High Rise Invasion, which looks lit. The premise is like, you have all these kawaii schoolgirls, they're trapped on these high-rise roofs that are connected with suspension bridges, and there's people in masks with axes trying to kill them. So I'm like, yep, I'm there. Then I found out this shit's not out till February. Big disappointment. Googled this other thing, like anything like this, got recommended Darwin's Game. It seemed like at first it was going to be like a phone app, if you lose the game you die, which is cool, but it's, it might be a harem show, I'm not sure, which is considerably less interesting to me. Yeah, it was just pretty bad. Yeah. Like, uh... he, the main bull's power, he can like summon guns into his hand, which is potentially interesting. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think I'm going to continue with Darwin's game. The, the art style felt a little dated to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, you, I, you had been watching it for a couple episodes. I was playing Pokemon, but also watching a little bit. And uh, I was under the impression that it was at least, like, you know, 2010 era. You know, maybe 2005 to 2010. And you're like, no, this is, a, this is a, like, a 2020 anime. And I'm like, ah. Uh, yeah, not that you know, it just doesn't look that great, and it it doesn't look that modern. Like, I, you know what? Character I, styles look a little. Old. I don't know if it's twenty twenty. I just googled best twenty twenty animes, and it came up. So it could be. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna do a little Google right quick, but this is already more effort than Darwin's game is worth. Yeah, it it has my stamp of. You are not missing anything if you go cradle to grave without watching Darwin's yeah. game. I'll, I can't speak for Jake, but the, the next couple, after I catch up with Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, Hyoge Mono, and Shigurui, that's homework. The thing that I actually want to read is Golden Kamui, because I love, I am already into that show, I like it. The anime really turned me off because there was a horrible CGI bear that I said no, but so, manga, because the premise of the story is cool. Yeah, I'm with that too. That's yeah. definitely on the list for me. Darwin's game is 2020, by the way. Oh, I just looked it up. All right. Okay. Well, should we should we get into the spate? Let's do it. Yeah. And you know what? For the second week in a row, I'm gonna say start with solo leveling. It's a it's a testament to how hype solo leveling is. It instantly became fuck yeah, let's go. Like I'm I'm stoked. Because this is game time. This yeah. this is a perfect combination. This chapter specifically of awesome fighting and world-broadening information yep. that we're getting. Sorry, guys, I have to hit my nondescript uh, oil pen. Please forgive me for one second. We, uh, we're, we have a new beer sponsor, which is Miller High Life. It is the champagne of beers. It's Miller time. It's Miller time. Okay, solo leveling. So, this is 127, and we're finally in it. We're in the double dungeon. We're facing the system admin. Which yeah, is what I'm gonna like call him. One tiny detail at the beginning where the the hero or the the hunter administration people are saying like, "Bring all available help to this gate. What is this ridiculous magic energy coming from it? Who are you, Sung Jin Wu?" And we're internally sort of laughing because we know what's going. You know, dramatic irony. We know that it, there's forces beyond even their capability to understand at play inside of this. You could you can bring everybody there. Yeah, you could bring all the Japanese hunters, all the Korean hunters, and, and this angel, you know, gets actually, outside of the gate. He's taking a doo-doo on them and then using them to wipe his butt. <laughs> that is an interesting, that I something that I had not really considered. Sung Jin Woo's level 103, right? Let's just say, if we were to assign levels to everyone else, 
Is the next highest like level 50? Like, is there nobody that would be capable of rocking this double? You know the answer, right? There or is there's there's one person that they keep referring to that we haven't really seen in the story, which is Thomas, who okay. is America's nation level hunter, who as you can imagine is ridiculously strong. Yeah. And uh there's also a big question mark floating around that's been alluded to once or twice, which is Sung Jun Woo's dad. Oh, that's right. We saw him very briefly, but in general, we're we're to assume that level one hundred and three puts him at least double the level of anyone at like. Yeah, he's been SS plus rank for like forty chapters yeah, already, right. and in the span of the in the previous couple chapters, leveling up, he has gotten stronger. And there's something what we see inside of this chapter of him just continuing to get stronger yeah. even without leveling up. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, cut back to, he's fighting the system admin, 10 minutes to win or your heart stops, and now it's on, they're mixing, and it's it's just fucking sweet, the guy has six arms, but you can't stop the, the Shadow Monarch, he's too, he's too zesty, he's too nice. Yeah, he's, he's like uh, uh, Machamp with ghost typing, too. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, and so, cool fight, awesome, of course, this is where solo leveling shines, you know, because it's a full color and really high quality drawings, but also because you read it online and you can scroll through it so you can get the long, like, you know, what would be three or four pages, you just scroll down, it's a super long image, which really works for fights, you get, you know, large shots, the cool punches, it's just, it's nice. Yeah, there were a couple times where I was reading it and I, I screen capped uh, some of these, these punches just land with such impact in this fight, it's so cool, um, you know, you see something that's really nice and which ups the tension which is even just some of the faces Sung Jin Woo's making you haven't seen him in a pinch like this since probably when he fought Egress like in, in, the, in the class thing even even the demon king at the top of the tower he, yeah. he was shitting on him Beru who would like they've been teasing the ants invading since like near the beginning of the manhwa um yeah, nothing. Wrecked him. Yeah. Shrecked him. Um, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it, and it was nice to see. Like, I love Sung Jin Woo being overpowered, but it, it was nice for once to see him be a little bit pressed. I, I'm going to be honest, I never really thought he was going to lose. Like, but, Well, yeah, I mean, right. in the same way that any protagonist. Right. Uh, for the most part. But, you know, it, it's a, a chink of an armor, chink of the armor type yeah. thing. And even though you know at the end of the day he's going to pull it out, after spending so many chapters in a row, where we were on 127, by the way, this week. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I said probably that. nigh 50 to 75 chapters since he's been pressed or felt like he's been in mortal danger, even if we as readers know that he's going to win this fight. Yeah. Um, so it ups the ante a little bit. But even without that, it's just like the, the fight is heavy. The punches feel solid. Man, when Song Jun Woo lands that first punch on him, it's like, oh, yeah, it's yeah. So maybe, satisfying. Maybe we can uh, post it on our Instagram so people can see. Yeah, that yeah, might be absolutely. that might be a good idea. Take a screen cap. Yeah, yeah. Get some sort of uh, copyright strike going on there. It, listen, if we if we garner enough attention to get a copyright strike, that's great. Yeah. Then I can move into phase two, which is complaining about how they're censoring me because I have the truth. Yeah. Which yeah, is really the, where the, I want to be. The, the best way to to a to a spotlight is complaining about persecution. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> Sung Jin Woo wins the fight, and throughout the fight, we're getting lore dumps. 
right. which is part B of, of what's really spicy about this because, as we mentioned, this guy is the system admin. He's the one who gave Sung Jimu his powers. He's the one who conceivably, presumably, has the answers that Sung Jimu is looking for. And Sung Jimu is trying to get this guy to talk, and he's just being very cryptic, very coy. Ah, you're not asking the right questions, you know? But then as stuff starts to fall around around him, you know, he, he his sort of cool demeanor is starting to fall. He starts to get mad, he dude. he starts dropping stuff that gives us more insight on who he is and what's up with this world. He says, not once in my long life did I believe that a human would be a worthy opponent. Yeah. Um, we find out that this body is not his actual body. That He's like, even this fake, you know, even in this fake body. So th- there's like a bunch of expositions exposition that's going on most of which is leading to this idea that like um stuff isn't necessarily going to be fully explained or reconciled at the end of this fight right right you know it's it's like a puppet thing it's more of an entry into this next arc of discovery with what's going on the first 127 chapters was Sung Jun Woo is becoming the baddest dude in the universe, and now it's the baddest dude in the universe figures out the secrets. He's gonna peek behind the curtain, which I'm here for. Like, that's great. I think you're right. This is this felt like the quest start, you know? Because, uh, yeah, this is not even my real body fades away. Sung Jun Woo is left with, like, what? what? Where do I go now? You know, and we know, uh, basic. well, we don't know, but I'm pretty convinced that uh, this guy made Sung Jun Woo to either destroy Earth or destroy all the monsters, but like he's created for some purpose. Yeah. That's but nefarious. Al- also, we see the the seed of this idea that Sung Jun Woo has gone wrong or even gone beyond what the angel intended. Right. Because, um, you know, it, it, he's not making a face that's like, good, good, you're overcoming me. It's like... Right. It, what the, this human, this puny human, is able to? He says something like, "You have a bit of that power." Yep. And it shows that blue flame. It like, really sort of, shocked me when he got mad because up to that, he's cool, collected man with the plan. And it, ju- I, I, like, I was reading him at that point, like, "Oh, this guy is the puppet master pulling the strings." And I'm like, "You're, you're mad? Like, what are you mad? Like, it's just weird." It. It's it, kind of interesting too that uh, the pacing of that. It's like literally it, within this chapter, it went yeah. from ha 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 ha, like you think you can beat me to what's going on. Which begs the question for me: if he was entering that battle with the assumption Sung Jun Woo could not beat him, why ten minutes or your heart explodes? Because then he's maybe it's fake. He says, "Aha, uh, you live or die by my grace." But that seems like weird. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of contradictions here. Chiefly, uh. If Sung Jin Woo is getting all of his power from this system that he designed, which we saw, you know, a chapter or two ago when he turns yeah. off Sung Jin Woo's class powers, um, he's still, you know, it points to some mechanic of the way that Sung Jin Woo is, is gathering and this power and leveling up that he can beat him. Because if it was all by his design, the sysadmin's design, then he could just shut everything off yeah. and, and auto-win. His his glorious his glorious Korea spirit is too powerful. His youth burns too brightly. He cannot be contained. It, one possible explanation. He but, just, it's a nerd. If you grind hard enough, you guys, you can do anything. If you're, if you're a weeb and you're a nerd, just grind, bro. You can do it. <laughs> it's, it's, uh... It's a, a lesson we definitely learn in, in our uh, randomizer Nuzlocke runs. He's, yeah, exactly. He was overleveled. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. this is the power of level 103. 
Right, right, right. Uh, so basically, I'm hype for solo leveling. That's basically where we're at. It's it's popping. I mean, like, but on on both fronts, we're getting this world building, like, cool information coming to the coming to the forefront. And then the ride is enjoyable right now too. It's sweet combat, yep. satisfying punches, stuff going on. One thing I didn't exactly love about the combat in this chapter is it was sort of unclear to me how he won the fight. That like shield guy sort of drops on him, the shield yeah. guy from the original. Then Sung Jun Woo like busts <laughs> the shield guy's head in with his elbow. Right. And then there's like a couple of like you know, gone in a flash type of Sung Jun Woo is moving with extreme speed. And then all of a sudden he has his dagger at the angel's throat. Yeah. And I would have loved to see, like, either some explanation of, like, w- was that shield guy important for something? Was he, did the angel store some sort of defensive power in the shield guy? Or, like, how did he overpower him and get him on the ground and put his dagger at his throat? Yeah, I don't it know. didn't show it, but. I'm fine. The The combat was, was cool enough that I'm willing to overlook that. It just would have been cool if, if you know, I could see, like, the nitty-gritty of how he actually won the fight. Yeah, it, yeah, it I mean... Snapped and he won. But. It's, it's... I have no answer for that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we could say, uh, with all his his mons destroyed, he, he was easy pickings. I, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm, it had to be some sort of, like, externalized power in that shield guy, because it, it, it wasn't just, like... Oh, you're the shield guy. I gotta kill you. It was like some like aha moment that he was having. Yeah. And then he busted the shield guy. But listen, at the end of the day, this this goes back to something that we've discussed for a while about solo leveling. Even when solo leveling is really good, <clears throat> I still consider it more of the junk food style. And I don't need it to be perfectly explained. I don't need it to be, um, you know, like I understand every little bit of the mechanics of the world and, and all of what happened in every fight. It's in color, the fights flow really well, and it's something that's just very enjoyable for me to scroll down the page in that vertical yeah. format and read. Yeah, yeah. Dude, you know what? This this was a pretty good week for our spate across the board. Five good chapters. Each with, each with like something that I'm stoked on. So, you you good on solo leveling? Yeah, I, I yeah I think I'm I think I'm yeah. good. It, there's not too many angles. It was just right. sweet chapter A plus. This is junk food. Did it, we, last two weeks we've done dessert first. There's, there's no caloric value. It's just fun. You know you know. As opposed to, we got to talk about Boku man. Here's this my is an earth shaker. Here's my PSA. I was I, we were sitting here this sitting in our house this morning and I was reading and I said to Jake I'm joining the League of Villains like I'm Dobby sold me I'm ready I'm ready to throw it all away and burn down this wretched hero society man. Fuck yeah, let's go. It's really good. Man, not something that I was expecting from Dobby. We, we for the entire time, pretty much, until the last two chapters that we've known Dobby in this manga, maybe it's hinted a little bit in that, uh, you know, fight earlier in this arc at the, the villain hideout um, with Hawks and Twice. But Dobby never struck me as a mastermind sort of dude. I thought he was a cool guy. With cool powers. Yeah, he's like that, a, Sa- a Sasuke type. And, Ugh, and too was, serious, too cool. But the ex- I thought the extent of his involvement would be like, you know, bigger flames, cooler moves, right? Cool Enem- fights. Enemy that Shoto fights in in the final showdown, right? Right, exactly. Um, <clears throat> wow, did he ever exceed my expectations? A million percent. This is a fantastic plan. It's a um, one of the better villain speeches. 
Yeah, from last week and this week, he's had some zingers, man. The past never dies, very good, and this week, even better. It's it's just so good, and not it. it's cool because most of the time, villain monologuing is to their detriment. But he said, look, I already put my plan into effect, and my monologue is part of the plan. I'm broadcasting my monologue to everybody, and that's not just me monologuing so that people can hear my voice. That's me monologuing to bring down hero society these words have weight behind them he, he, and he it's it's like uh, the fulcrum on which all of that's that investment into the endeavor storyline that i didn't really think of uh, you know I, I didn't hate or anything but i i, I didn't i wasn't like really really into the endeavor family storyline yeah. used it to sort of bust into what i think is the best part of boku which is that exactly what you described like the contradictions and the hypocrisy of hero society right because here's the thing dobby dobby is not just attacking endeavor he says before this i'm gonna burn down this hero society it's it's about destroying the symbol you know breaking people's spirit which is like the most villainous it's like this thing that you hold sacred that you believe it's a lie like it's fucking garbage man and here's incontrovertible proof. This this guy, your number one hero, he's a monster, just like me. So what are you gonna do about like, yeah. what what do you Let's do? Let's talk about your number two. Yeah, he, he just fucking executed this guy in cold blood. Yeah, it's now here's here's okay. So what we're talking about, Dobby is is revealing to the world. He's airing the dirty laundry now. But as part of that, he shows a doctored footage of um, Hawks executing twice to make it look like. Like twice was running away and being like help, and Hawks just killed him. Like not honorable. That's a that was a lie, and which okay, it's on brand. It, the goal is not necessarily to tell the truth; it's to destroy the hero society. Mm-hmm. But major flaw in the plan in that he claims that he also killed Best Genius, and then immediately Best Genius shows up. So yeah, this is this is one thing that could potentially sort of sow some disarray into Dobby's plan is that. You know, he he's like, my claim to authority or veracity in the Endeavor story is that I'm his fucking son. With with DNA me. test. DNA test. Hilarious. <laughs> and then his claim to authority with the Hawks um, twice thing is video footage uh, edited on the fly by the... Uh, the, the Bang's <laughs> son. Bang, yeah, Bang's son. Um, who, by the way, he is a dead ringer for the guy from Krungbin. You you know to me it looks more like the tall chick from Izokin. It's same same shape and haircut. Fusion fusion dance of those two. Keep your hands off Izokin is great. Uh, just a side note. We're getting too far away. Um, <laughs> but you know, so those are two stamped claims that he has broadcasted to the world. He just threw in there as an aside. Hawks killed best genist. Um, right, and it, it he makes has no qualms about killing. But maybe some people will latch onto that and be like. Uh, hello, best genius is here. He didn't kill him, so well, how do we? How can we trust this guy? Yeah, it. it listen, if I was going to give Dobby notes on his villain plan, I say this: the the best genius thing is overkill. Even if you just did the endeavor thing, that's enough. Like you're you're shoot you're doing too much. Like pull it back, because now if he can kill best genius and burn his body up into ashes, plan is still groovy. No one no one will know what happened. Oh yeah, that's that's honestly a, a That's a, the move. It's the only way like And he's he's got a pretty hard counter to to, you know, if you're if the strings can burn. Yeah. But I think uh, you know, we we so backing up a little bit. Best Genius is on the scene now. 
He was the bull in the plane. I don't know if you remember a couple, a couple chapters, chapters ago, ago. We were like, who could this be? We threw Best Genius out there, but we didn't really know. We didn't think it would make that yeah. much sense. But I will say I fully thought Best Genius was a Nomu. I thought he was dead, so I was wrong on that one. We we had talked about okay. it. I would be curious to, to go back and see what we thought was most likely a couple of weeks ago. But now we know in, in the plane that was Best Genius. And we see him drop out of the plane right as Dobby is. He's hitting his, his crescendo, his climax, um, where he's finishing his speech and saying, Guess what, Dad? I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> prominence burn. The the move that you taught me. And then right as about to release his prominence burn, Best Genius falls out of the sky from that plane. And he has a bunch of boxes that seem to be storing threads that he can control, which is big brain yeah. to say, look, here's, you know, like a, a couple metric tons of thread. This is now thread land and I control the territory. But I, one thing that I was thinking is that, you know, on, on one level, Dobby would uh, have uh, a natural type effectivity advantage. You think? We're, we're doing Pokemon theme this yeah, week, yeah, by yeah. the way, if you, haven't, if you haven't picked up on it. Or I, I'm just doing it on the fly. <laughs> uh, he would have the natural type advantage. Yeah. Um, String burns. Right. And it's like, but normally... on the other hand, Best Genus probably uh, has not, like... Aizawa had had like high tech. Uh, yeah, you you can so. always do some shit of like ah, this is a super awesome uh, inflammable thread that I control. Like, sure, uh, I I don't know how effective Best Genius is gonna be. I think he's gonna get because now at least he's Dobby. If he's smart at all, which he is, is gonna zone in and say, "You, you're first on the block. You're you're the biggest impediment to my plan." Even with all the thread, which, by the way, characters with string powers like Doflamingo and Walter from Helsing, it's always cool. So I'm stoked on this fight, but I don't, I don't know how much he can help. Yeah, my, I mean, in general, my read on Best Genus is my, like a little bit of a straw man, somebody for villains to, to wreck to establish their power level. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't really seem like somebody who's been invested with the amount of backstory and character that you would expect him to, like, pull through. Yeah, but on the other hand, this is this is the moment. If ever that was going to be a thing for him, it's right now. Like, he's the last one left. Everyone else is, is pretty much incapacitated, so... Right. We'll see. I think we... I, I, I gotta circle back. I'm not done with, with Dobby's speech. There's so much more to talk about with it. Absolutely. The... Okay. So, Dobby is is broadcasting to the world uh, this this idea... That me, super fire terrorist Dobby that you're all afraid of, I'm, I'm the result of Endeavor's negligence. And then this chapter we get repeating shots back to this kid who's watching the news and the kid's like, no, like, I don't believe it. No. And then over the course of the chapter you see the kid just like get sadder and sadder when they show the footage of Hawks, he's like jaw on the floor. Like, and that's, that's it. Like he, he did burn down the hero society. Even if they win the day, the damage is done. Dobby, he, sh he did it. He, he destroyed their, their idols, and there's no coming back from that. It's it's the same kid from the Kyushu incident against the high-end Nomu, where, you know... Whoa, was, that's a great callback, because he was there when Endeavor fucking... Whoa! Right, it's the same kid that's, who that's on, big on time. live television said, uh, I, I believe that's yeah. Endeavor, he's the coolest, he's going to win. But what, you know, what happens when that ideal is shaken? It's, it's just... I, that's the best part about Boku, yeah. is, is, like, this treatment of... 
hero society, the way that people perceive heroes, the power that they invest in them, the good and the bad that, that comes with that. I love Dobby. You know, it's he's like, they don't protect you. You protect them. Yeah. You invest them with this admiration and this respect that hides their their flaws from you. It's not right. the other way around. And in, in hiding those flaws, like, people are getting hurt. Like, they're not heroes. They're actually villains. You know what I mean? Like, it's... I really like how... Maybe not Spinner. I don't know what the fuck his deal is. But pretty much everyone else in the League of Villains is, in a different way, examining this idea of, like, society failed me. So what the, what the fuck is the deal? Like, you said that there were heroes that would protect me. And, what you know, twice was mentally ill. Well, you know, Sp Spinner does in the sense that he's carrying Stain's torch. And yeah. Stain did, like, in a, in a sort of different flavor... Um, identify this problem. He got the ball rolling really he to, definitely, to establish yeah. that Stain this is, the is man. be the main yeah. theme of the manga is like, what are heroes? <clears throat> Why do people respect them? How do they function? What do they do? And, you know, is it good the way that this yeah. hero society currently operates? Yeah, yeah. I, man, I I, 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 don't, I just hope they bring Stain back. I don't, Spinner is worse. He doesn't have the cool that Stain had. The only thing really mm. that I've liked with Spinner thus far is that they acknowledge that yeah. when in, at the start of the villain arc, um, he's driving the truck. He's like, "I'm just a lizard guy. Like, what the yeah, fuck am I doing yeah, here?" Yeah, he's like, "We're dirt poor. We don't, <laughs> we don't even have enough to eat. You know, like, what the fuck am I doing?" Which, which is cool, and it gave us a sort of, you know, slightly more sane perspective into the day to day operations of the villains. Yeah, but man. I, I'm with you. I, I, we could not possibly spend long enough on just how awesome these last two chapters of Dobby's speech and broadcast were. Yeah, it's, it's one of the cooler villain moments I've ever seen in any medium. It's it's smart. Like this is a a good plan. Like the, if I was trying to destroy Endeavor and bring down this hero society, nailed it. It's, it's wrought with like emotional tension because. We've spent so long with this Endeavor plot, as you've been, you know, saying. We, it's just, they really hit you over the head with, like, Endeavor, he's fucked. And then, now all of that is paying off in a big way. The guy is saying, look, look what you've wrought. Look on your works in despair. Which is always a cool moment, you know? Yeah, it, yeah. it involves technology in a, in a cool way, yeah. you know, that, that they've been trying to do well in this manga. Like, yeah. <clears throat> Shout out to Boku for probably the most believable use of cell phones in, in, <laughs> in like, uh, any, like, storytelling that I've seen. Um, it, they, they work the way that they're supposed to. People say, I'm in help, I'm in trouble, please <laughs> come help me. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's cool to see in this, like, the way that the siblings are reacting to, uh, you know, their brother reappearing on live television and all their dad's dirty laundry being aired. Yeah. And now, I, I want to... What were you gonna say? No, well, I, well you first, because I'm I'm gonna kind of take a left turn. Okay, I yeah. I want to finish this this endeavor conversation with: Is this a problem inherent with your society, or is this a problem with having endeavor specifically as the number one? Because you you can foil him with All Might, who at as long as All Might was the number one hero, he performed the job of the symbol of peace. Perfectly, and as far disagree as disagree on perfectly, his his negligence on multiple fronts led to a lot of problems. As with all the heroes, he 
never allowed public faith in him to waver one iota. Sure, great. So it, that, that, understood. The yeah. idea of the symbol of peace, yeah, he mm-hmm. nailed it. He he fucking nailed it. Which, but maybe a different way of phrasing that is the reason he nailed it is he just never let any shit come out. That's right. the only difference between him and Endeavor. And as far as you and I have been reading the last 20 chapters or so, we've been starting to see some hints of him having what what Dobby calls these skeletons in the closet. Yeah. You know, with, with, that every person has to have. I think, I first of all, I think the theme that I'm reading in this show is that the concept of a hero as they're presenting it, it's not real. All these guys have shit they don't want you to know about, and it's it's about keeping the illusion alive. In response to your first question, is this a problem with Endeavor or Hero Society? I guess it depends uh, what you believe in a, in a larger sense, because on the one hand, you could say you have this hero society that uh, values so highly this concept of heroes. The number one hero is basically the top bull. So that that uh, lends itself to people who are ambitious and willing to do whatever it takes to reach the top. On the other hand, maybe you're just more of an individualist and you say, no, Endeavor had the specific uh, brand of crazy that he was just willing to say, I don't care. Human lives are worthless to me, whatever, whatever it takes. Maybe it's the same thing, ultimately. Yeah, I mean, do, does Hero Society produce Endeavor? Does does Endeavor taking over as number one define Hero Society? It, it, it's, a, it's a question that should be picked apart a little bit. But, you know... I We gotta do this Boku episode about Hero Society. Like, yeah, I, well, I, I want to focus chiefly on Boku's Hero Society because it best encapsulates these encapsulates these questions. But there's also points of comparison. Even uh, One Punch Man has, yeah. has some interesting ways that it approaches stuff like this. And there's a couple others that, that I think do this well um, in addition to those. But yeah, so stay tuned for, for a further uh, deep dive into this stuff. But um, overall, I, th- I think it's just an interesting question to consider. Could all of this gone da- have gone down um, with All Might in as number one? Uh, you know, versus having Endeavor in as number one. Obviously, the specifics of this plan only work when you have th- this sort of perfect storm of Endeavor's shittiness and having a, his son be a mass terrorist. But, you know, th- there's some unalterable aspects of hero society that don't change no matter who's at number one yeah. that with the right plan, I think, could be exploded open um, by anybody. Well, right. I think I think definitely the the answer to that question that the manga has is that society. It's the hero society that is the thing that is being put on trial. That is the cause of these problems. Which, mm. you know, that's. Uh, I, I, and as you pointed to, the, the probably the most satisfying answer to that question that we have right now is that the really you know what's the Hamlet thing? Something rotten in Denmark. Yeah. The thing that's rotten is hero society, and endeavor is one of those instances where that's been made manifest you know you get somebody like that as your number one hero when you have this sort of warped version of what heroes right you get you get both you get endeavor and you get dobby it's just two Mm. branches of the same tree now let me ask you this we'll do a little bit of theory crafting what what how does this move move the world hero hero society has been shaken you know do do people continue to support heroes is there more lawlessness well We have to go back first to um, the the biggest clue we have in terms of predicting what's going to happen blossoming out of this is Deku's narration, the day that all the heroes disappear. Right. Well, so, okay. It could be metaphorical. Right. I was taking that to mean they died, 
they're gone. But no, now I think you're right. It's the quote heroes. We don't have those anymore. Hero society is gone. Could could be trending towards almost like a civil war type of thing Mm. where, um, you know, there's these people who are convinced by Dobby or even if they're not fully convinced by Dobby, um, you know, they're faith in hero society as previously understood is irrevocably shaken that also combined with some popularization of quark liberation yeah i, I think those two are, are yeah. sort of you know <clears throat> in tandem as far as like well what's the difference between heroes and villains what's the difference between a hero and a normal person yeah you know I, wh- why shouldn't i be able to use my quirk freely as i choose the only thing that that's given these uh you know, these specific groups of people, the the license to use their quirks is institutionalized hypocrisy. Yeah. So I, listen. Civil war could be imminent. I, or some sort of, like, mass-scale civil unrest in there. <laughs> Jake is making fun of me, everyone. <laughs> I, I fuck with the, the liberation front. That's revealing a little bit about me. I'm all about that personal liberty. Let me use my quirk, man. Let me Let me be free. That's cool. Yeah, I, well, and, like, come on, man. If if I have a fire quirk, it seems like most people do this anyway, you know, uh, that you can, like, get away with it in your own home. Yeah. I, think I should be able to use, my, you know, my own quirk in public. It's what you said. It's it's not that you can't use your quirk. It's that the quirk has to be used in service of the establishment, quote, hero society. The, the people that are, they're villains, as this manga shows repeatedly, they're villains because they use their powers for themselves. It's okay to kill if you're killing the bad guys. If you kill who you want to kill or you do what you want, then you're bad, basically. I think uh, in Vigilantes, um, they do a really good job of establishing the core of what draws that line. Because the way they tell it, the the establishment of heroes and villains back when quirks, you know, there wasn't so clear-cut a, a distinction back when quirks had just first appeared. Right. It was society basically as we know it today, and now people have superpowers. So you're, you tell, the difference between a vigilante and a criminal is, like, pretty much entirely what you believe, where you stand. Right, so. and, well, they they made made an interesting case, you know, <clears throat> just, just like any uh, group of people at any period in time with any technology or new, quote, power, um, some people will use it for their own self-interest. Some people use it for, you know, abject evil. Um, The people fighting against them, what distinguished vigilantes from actual heroes? Um, It was basically popularity. Yeah. You know, the the, the ones that that you can look at and say, yeah, I respect that person are the ones that become, that get this official stamp. And the ones that are sort of more distasteful, you don't like. So there's that, like, root of of just arbitrariness that that you know once you realize that something is arbitrary then it 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 calls into question the legitimacy of the whole that's i mean that's exactly what dobby's doing the whole concept of a quote symbol of peace it just puts people to sleep it lets them ignore society's problems because they feel like somebody's got this we got all might and he no matter what happens he'll clean it up right that and that's when you do that then and you just step over the the kid who's homeless on the ground that is going to have long-lasting consequences. You can't, you can't do that, you know? Yeah, it, it, it brings to mind a lot of the conversations that we have in political philosophy IRL about, um, like, freedom and security. Yeah. It, it's 
you know, when people, if you've already traded freedom for security, people eventually come to realize that that trade has been made for them by yep. some higher power, and they say, no, I, you know, I, I, I want this thing. So the, the, the anarchist in me, the postmodernist in me, all of, all of those parts of me say, yes, Dobby. This, yeah. This, you are not only doing what is right, you are doing what is just and necessary. And you're cool. Let's be real. You're just, you're so much cooler than anyone the heroes have going on. Like, he looks cool. He's got a cool gang, cool powers, like the whole thing. Chef's kiss. Love it. Do you think that, does Japan have like a history of truthers? Because you know there are people that are like evidence that the F Hawks video is faked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, if, if that guy's like, you know, edited, you know, I edited this on the fly. Why, you know, they they could have just done a, done a nifty like, you know, reenactment. <laughs> a, a moon landing. In, yeah, in yeah. The, in the <laughs> that's that's an interesting side plot. I want to see the the Japanese conspiracy nut who knows that it's all a sham. <laughs> Hawks doesn't even exist, man. It's all it's holograms. It's a guy with a hologram quirk. I'm yeah. telling you, bro. Have you ever seen Hawks actually fight? No. No. Whatever. Whatever. It's, anyway. Uh, um, I I can't say enough, as we said before, about this was how, really, yeah, how I, awesome the, this this chapter and the previous one. Yeah, was. I I have very um I, I I went from pretty excited to now very excited again for Boku and solo leveling. And should we go, should we move on? Um, yeah, I think we, we we've said yeah. we we've approached that because there really wasn't all that much that chapter besides. Um, the, yeah, the only the only other thing uh, plot wise was like you see Shoto kind of do a, some leadership where he's like, "You guys, you gotta get moving." You, he's like, talking he's, directly to his dad too. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's like, their spirits are breaking, and he says, "No, I won't, I won't give in." We're yeah. gonna, um, we're at the beginning, it. there's there's that like the actual backstory of of Toya, which is that. He quote burned to ash, you know, and yeah. the only thing that left that's left was his draw. I don't know. It, it was sort of vague. Maybe he even did that intentionally so that they thought he was dead and he could, you know, he sort of faked his own death. Yeah. Well, um, I, th the last thing we see in the flashback because it, it, it starts with uh, Endeavor's talking and he's like, "The kid didn't get the ice quirk, but his firepower is better than mine. Like, may maybe I can work with this. Maybe we can do it." And then the last thing we see. He burns too hot and he burns his wrist. Mm -hmm. And then Endeavor's like, no, try try again. So I don't know, but I think uh, it's kind of a similar story to Shigaraki where it's like he was a happy kid. Well, was Shigaraki happy? No, he was never happy. I, yeah, I, I loved it. I loved it when, when in Shiggy's backstory, he's like, I, I hated them. <laughs> I was glad I did it. It <laughs> sucked. Um, yeah. That's, that's great. Um, <laughs> Yeah, okay. I did it. I'm glad I did it. Um, I I think. Oh, oh, one one other thing. Uh, that that I just wanted to add is uh, again great writing from Horikoshi is that, and you mentioned this earlier too. I think is that um, it, these things tie into each other well. Like that same internal conflict that twice is or not twice. Um, Toga is fighting through. In that conversation slash fight with Oroka, it's like it's like intentionally mirrored the fulcrum yeah. Yeah. That, that you know is connecting it to uh, this fight that's going on here. So to wrap this up, super stoked on it. Yeah, I need this fight to continue, and I really want to see 
what the the shakeout is of this stuff. Yeah, the day I'm, that the I'm, heroes disappeared. I'm almost more interested in that, the fallout on society. Like, the the mix is going to be cool. I want to see Shoto throw down. But I'm more interested in what comes after. You mm-hmm. know, a world without heroes. What does that look like? We've already basically <clears> got <throat> the climax of, of the fighting. Yeah. You know, the, the Shigi Deku stuff. So I can't imagine that there's all too much. That's, but it, it'll... The combat will be hype, but the 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 world building, the hero society stuff is even hyper. So yeah, so oh, that's it. a that's a good transition because the hype is building as well. The lore is expanding for Chainsaw Man. Now we're we're starting the if if Chainsaw Man is just a series of drops from very large heights, we're starting the climb back up to to where the crazy begins. Well, like, yeah, and it might be jumping on a trampoline and bouncing yeah. <laughs> straight back up because this went very quickly. I literally had, had a note um, halfway through my notes in this chapter that's like jumping straight back into the action question mark, and then my last note is we're right back in that. Yeah. <laughs> so starting starting at the beginning though. Yeah, yeah. Get, um, <clears throat> Denji, you know, picking up where we left off last chapter. He's watching the TV, seeing all the um, his adoring fans across the world, and this is like, you know, sort of a, a thesis statement for part two. We, we get, I want to be Chainsaw Man. Yeah. The, the ladies love me. That's, that's, it's so interesting because last week we were discussing, this is a new dark and serious Denji. He doesn't care about getting laid anymore because he's sad. But no, it's, it's, he's still there. But it's a little, it's a little bit of a different flavor now. It's, a, it's, it is less innocent. It's just like, so, like, I just need people to love me. Like, I just want someone to like, like me they like chainsaw yeah. man so like okay i'll be chainsaw man that's good i, I mean he i think the difference now is that he it, there's like an uh, you know i always use this innocence and experience thing experience for him has led him beyond <clears throat> what was initially just like your ecstasy at any good thing that could have. his life was so shitty yeah that he said I'm eating food every day. This is awesome. I have a friend. This is awesome. And now in part two, he does he does still want to have sex, but this is now the the dialectical evolution of what what he wants. He it's, no longer wants I, to I eat want to shitty have sex. food. Right. I want to have five girlfriends. I want to have ten girlfriends. I don't want to eat eggs for breakfast every morning. I want to eat fuck steak for yep. breakfast every morning. That's what I, I want. That I want that, which is. It's a pretty mature thing to say to yourself because I think a lot of times in life we we sort of you know is it mature those... like that's that, I mean in a sense it is but on the other hand that's a very uh, selfish kind of narcissistic way to behave. It's ma- it's <clears throat> mature and honest to admit that. Well, certainly, certainly, okay. I, I, th- I think <clears throat> it, it might be immature to live your life searching, trying to figure out how you can metaphorically eat steak for breakfast every morning or actually have five to ten girlfriends. But, uh, you know, I think there's something honest about, because far more often in modern society, you know, we uh, attune our desires to what is normally expected of us. And it's, you know, if you can actually be honest with yourself and say, not like, sigh, I'm not a Casanova. It's like, no, I I want this. What what am I going to do about it? You know, I have to come to terms with this. But, you know, if you can say... This, if I'm being honest with myself, this is what I want. Yep. I don't know that den- that those mechanisms are going on. In- yeah, I think it's it's closer to the idea that like, shonen protagonists are always like Ernest Sons. They're like they just say what they believe and they're they're doing it. And 
What he wants is to fuck a lot, so, like, okay, that's... You but, know. Uh, <clears throat> you know, regardless of, of the inner machinations of, of fucking uh, our, our blockhead Denji, uh, we, we at least have the compare and contrast of who he was and what he wanted in, in call it part one, yeah. and now who, who he is and what he wants as this reborn Denji. That's, that's, dude, he really is reborn. From the point that he turns back into Denji from being Black Chainsaw Man, that's like, it is part two, it's new, new day. And along the <clears> same <throat> lines, I, th I think it would do, you know, as, as far as being honest and emotionally mature, that he's trying to think of ways to beat Makima. Yeah. And he is going through all these thoughts about, you know, think, think, think. He's like, I can't think. My brain is fucked. Yeah, because every and, thought I've ever had was put in there by somebody else. Like. Right, it, it, but... <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 even after all she's done, I still love her. I, I still really like Makima. I get it, Denji. I would throw my way, my life away for that girl. I really would. It, Sorry, it, everyone, I've, I've hit my nondescript oil pen a couple of times. My brain's moving slower. My, like, like Denji said, my, quote, turned to crap brain. But, uh, I, I, I think both of these, like, sort of give us, it, it's an interesting statement of... <clears throat> What has changed and what's stayed the same. Yeah. But again, it's it's like emotional maturity, you know? It, at first, it's I'm confronted with the stark reality that Makama fucking sucks. Yeah. And she has ruined my life. And his response in part one is, shut it off. Yeah. I, I will be your dog. Like, I will just be your servant. That's my response to the irreconcilable difference of you fucking suck and are manipulating me and I still love you. And now we see his response in part two, which is, you fucking suck and manipulate me, but I still love you. If that's the case, you gotta I'm go. gonna have to kill you. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, I, I really, uh, like, he's not doing anything, but I just love Kishibe. Like, because basically while Denji's having this moment, Kishibe's just sitting there in the chair. He's, he's not gonna fight, I know, he's not strong enough, but I, I, I just really like him. Like, he's cool. Yeah, I, and... His reaction to everything that Denji's saying leads me to think that there's probably some sort of, like, uh, third evolution to Denji's thought processes. Because he looks, he, he has the biggest furrowed brow at everything yeah. that Denji's saying. Like, he, oh, you, you he, want five to ten girlfriends, huh? It's like, you you still have a little way to go, Denji. Kishibe's to the, is, like, totally nihilistic. Like, he did Life has been bad to him, and he doesn't want anything, it seems like. So is that is that the end point for Denji? Just, like, complete fatalism? Like, whatever. Like, I just kill. It's all there is, is killing. Like, So he had asked Denji before. This is... There's basically two parts to this chapter. We get uh, Denji's <clears throat> internal uh, thoughts and feelings, this interaction with Kishibe all inside the house that they, that they were chilling in, and then Snap. Denji's sitting on on a fence and Makama's as Chainsaw Man. As Chainsaw Man and Makama's approaching. But before we get there, because we'll get there, um, he when he's talking to Kishibe, we you know we remember last chapter or two chapters ago, Kishibe asked him, "So are you Denji or are you Chainsaw Man?" Um, and now, like, sort of, if we consider him to be Denji right now, he says, "I want to be." Chainsaw Man. Yeah. And we don't really get the sense that Kishibe is, like, satisfied with that answer. I don't really know if he wanted him to answer one way or another, but his response is basically, you know, 
turn back into Chainsaw Man. I, I think he specifically says, the next time you turn into Chainsaw Man is the day you're killed. Like, yeah. Makama's trying to kill you. You do this. You know, you, could, you can lay low and try and evade her your, the rest of your life, or you could turn into Chainsaw Man and, and get killed. Yeah. I think... I think uh... My my kind of read on Kishibe is that it, he's it's sort of like a doomed heroism thing where he and especially now the the doors of reality have been opened to him and he understands the scope of what he's fucking with and he knows there's no shot but it's like we're it's going like, down. He already knew there yeah. was no shot. He, you know, it, maybe he didn't already know. He already knew there was insurmountable well, odds. The fact that he tried to get Quansha to help tells me that he really thought he could do it. It wasn't until the scene where she's like, I'm contracted with the prime minister of Japan. And also like, uh, I have, I've orchestrated all of this. And also the chainsaw man destroyed uh, an existence other than death. So he's like, Oh, Oh yeah. I, I mean, forget any of <clears throat> the events of chainsaw man's plot. If, if you knew incontrovertibly that any of the stuff about like past reality that Makama revealed to Kishibe was erased by chainsaw man eating it. Say, I'm sorry, say that again? If you were, were faced with the knowledge that there were these things that were erased from reality by Chainsaw Man eating them, yeah. i.e. all the stuff that Makama explained to Kijibe was happening, your brain would get busted open a yeah. la Halloween. You it's, know? It's, it's, it really is like he, he saw the truth. He, he, was, he was given a look behind the curtain and what do you do with that? Because yeah, you, you have to contend with the knowledge that there's nothing. That I can do. Makamo literally said, "There's a fate other than death." Yeah, you could you could drive somebody insane if if you gave them, you know, as close to factual evidence as there <clears> is, <throat> which is you know a being like Makama saying this to you. Yeah, there used to be something else than death. Damn. Yeah. The, the rest of your life, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> is going on? I now let me ask you this: How much do you think he knows? Because. His his plan to kill Makima was pretty good. Have all those guys kill themselves, summon the Hell Devil to drag her into hell. It's not a terrible plan. And then he says to Denji, like, come with me if you, like, I know how to hide from Makima. Which... I think he knows a lot about Makima, but he doesn't know much about the Chainsaw Man. Because she she revealed all the Chainsaw Man lore to him right. just then, and he yeah. was surprised. But how could he? How could he quote know a lot about Makima without at least knowing that she was like the control devil? It just seems like to me he knows what she wanted him to know. Probably. I mean, I I don't think she really had any. I don't know. I was gonna say I don't think she like manipulated him, but it might have been that her actions, that his actions were useful to her. Like that entire plan that he had, dragging her back to hell, and her saying. Save me, Chainsaw Man. Yeah. Were, um, you know, that was helpful to her. I, I have no idea. Yeah. Regardless, to circle back to the beginning of this, Kishibe is offering, seems like to Denji, the same choice that he's been contending with, which is like, you can't win. Hide or hide or die gloriously. What do you want? What do you, what's it going to be? And Denji picks, die gloriously. Let's, let's rip the cord. Let's go, you know? Which is the type of man that Denji yeah. is. It's, he always revs his engine and gets back up. It's, uh, man, it's super cool. We, we definitely, I, uh, I'm almost certain that we'll get more of this backstory to Kishibe. I hope Who so, man. Who was he before? How did he become 
who he is now and how he, did he come to realize who Makama is? He had the saddest life. I thought Aki had the saddest life, but I can already tell you, no, Kishibe's was you so much sadder. His face. Yeah. His, it, in his face, you, you just know. Um, he has the same fucking look as Aki, the million yard stare, which is just like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I've seen it. I've seen too yeah. much. He just doesn't even care enough to kill himself. Yeah. It's, it's... Now, uh, in, big thing I want to talk to you about, this is not Black Chainsaw Man anymore. This is regular, in the suit, Makima even says, you're, you're Denji? Like, what, what mm -hmm. the fuck is this, you know? So that does seem to be a check in the column of the Black entity of Chainsaw Man is different. It's a third thing from yeah. Denji Chainsaw we, Man. We can, we can almost assuredly say now that the full black chainsaw man that was in effect for those four or five chapters. That's the hero of hell, right? That's the that's the guy that's yeah. erasing cosmic fates. Which to me, <clears throat> I, I feel like in my gut, I there I have no way of knowing this, it feels like Pochita was in control. Yeah, I, I mean so I think Pochita and quote hero of hell equal yeah. each other. I think I think I agree. I think I think I agree. Somehow the hero of hell got sent to Earth and turned into Pochita. Sort of in the same way that power is getting turned into something else. Agree. Agree. Mm -hmm. So, um, now, if, if all of what we were talking about is the first half of the chapter, the stuff going on internally with Denji and his discussion with Kijibe, then we get the second half of this chapter, which is what I was talking about as far as, like, we had a breather and now we're doing a cannonball right back into the action because it's not like, Okay, we gotta build a plot to get back at Makama. It's nope, just cut. next page after this discussion, Denji sitting on a fence and in a cemetery. by the way, this setting is sick. Great place for a fight. It, yeah. In the cemetery with these crows alighting on the cross graves. All this like the the Christianity and the crosses and, and the religion, death in in Chainsaw Man is just chef's kiss. Um and he is confirming one thing. He's like, you are making this, like, sanitary, perfect world. And he asks it in a really interesting way. He says, in your super awesome, perfect world that you're making, will there be such thing as crappy movies? Yeah. And Which says, made my heart sore because I, too, love crappy movies. We need the B-movies, man. That's what, that's what makes life beautiful. Right, right. I, I, I think it's, 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 it's a nice metaphor. You know, it's, it's something that Denji met, represents as sort of the messiness of, yeah. of life being beautiful. And Magamo says, no, in my perfect world, there's no crappy movies. Yep, all the movies are good. You'll I like find that. you disagreeable. <laughs> um, so there's, there's two hype parts here. We'll start with the basic level, which is... Um, Makama's back with the seven disciples and a, like a whole army of people behind yeah. her, and it's it's go time. As yep. far as I'm concerned, they're, they're, we're about to have mixed part two, which is like maybe maybe we're our back in, in yeah. the, the end game again. Who knows? Yeah, I, I it can't be though. You just set up this thing with going to hell to get power. I, I mean, sure you could do that in like three or four chapters, but that felt like a longer term thing. But yeah, dude, this is this is final battle energy. The whole squad's rocked up. Everybody's here. It's go time. Like, yeah. Very good. In this, in the cemetery with the crows, it's on. One man versus the horde. Rev your engine and get into it. So the, uh, I'm, I'm hyped for it. Like, if, if we're about to get, you know, super combat thing, I'm, I'm curious to see whether, uh, 
Denji Chainsaw Man is anywhere close to Hero of Hell Chainsaw. It's going to be a much tougher value. fight. He I doesn't don't... have the double double chainsaw arms anymore. Yeah. Um. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, he devolved. He, that was his uh, ultimate form, and he's back to like Mega or so. <laughs> he's Digimon terms. I think the the other level to this though that is interesting to me is is sort of <clears throat> Denji's evolution as a character. Him having to say like, "Yeah, I'm go like, you don't want crappy movies. I'm gonna get rid of you." It, what one thing that I was instantly curious about, which the really the only other main time that the movies were mentioned in the story is when Makama takes Denji on that date right to, to watch, watch a the bunch movies. Of movies. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about that before, and we sort of surmised that it's it was her maybe testing like his emotional capacity, testing who was in control, you know, whether or not. Yeah, he, I mean, observing something about him. Like, yeah. I want to see. I'm showing you this movie. What are you gonna do? Right. Like, yeah, agree. Uh, but it's cool that it's surfaced <clears throat> in this way. That yeah. It's now. Even if that was her plan, now it's it's his criteria. Like, you're a perfect world, you want crappy movies in it. Yes or no, depending on your answer, I'm going to try and kill you. Yeah, very cool. Now, you said you said there were two things that were hype. I don't want you to... Yeah, no, that, that, those are the two levels oh, of word, it to me, word. which is, yeah. one, all right, I'm hoping we're about to get an insane fight because it's Makama plus Army yep. versus Chainsaw Man. Um, impossible odds, but... One revy boy, <laughs> um, and then the, uh, the the part two to it is is that that just cool philosophical dynamic to me, which is like Denji's evolution as a character, this this movie theme, and if we can, because I don't, I think Makama, as far as we've gotten it now, there's so many questions left to be answered, but it seem seems like in the light of this chapter, there's a pretty at least solid statement for now of what she's trying to... It's like this sanitary, perfect world. Yeah. No death, no unhappiness. I can use this power to erase all of these things. And then the foil to that would be Denji saying, there has to be those things for happiness to exist. Yep. And um, crappy movies is, is like his, his criteria for, for establishing it. Which I, you know... That's not groundbreaking or anything. There's a lot of other stories that have that sort of dynamic going on, but I I like it. I yeah. like the way it's playing out in this, and I want to see how that develops. Yeah, yeah, it, it, me too. Because it, are we back in the end game? Like it, it, it could be, but no. How could it be? I don't know. I, I'm back to being confused yeah. because it, I I thought I had a handle on it. I right. was like, okay, you know that was, that was like. Part one climax, and now we begin the, the, you know, sort of the slow road or slower road towards another climax. And then it's just like that. what I was saying at the beginning. It's a trampoline. You, he just went, you know, he spent basically one chapter wrestling with, with his identity and his question. He says, okay, I know what I need to do. <laughs> so it's right back in the mix. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. We're we're back on on the wild ride. I'll tell you this: I don't, I don't see how uh, regular regular Denji beats the Seven Disciples. Like he he barely sure he's stronger now, but he just barely beat the the Katana Bull. 
there's six more of them now. And I don't see how he how he pulls it out. And Makima's there, and all those guys. I mean, maybe he's sage mode though. Now he's he's been reborn. He has this emotion, you know. I guess, but I mean, Naruto trained like Denji did nothing. He's basically just been comatose for twenty chapters. So, if we say Puchito or the hero of Hell, or someone other than him was getting the EXP, like he wasn't doing anything. Uh, maybe it can be unlocked when he goes into to demon mode. Maybe, maybe. I mean, maybe he has a stronger connection with Hero of Hell now that he's he's sort of been in that form. Yeah, we'll see. I I mean, I'm definitely stoked. I want to see the flamethrower devil do more. Like Quancha, I definitely want to see mix for real. But flamethrower is the like you got like bow and arrow, spear, katana, flamethrower. Flamethrower is the cool one. Like that's flamethrowers are sick. Yeah, yeah. That's... <laughs> You, you want to see it pop up. You want to see everything pop up. Definitely. And th then there's even Makuma mm. herself, you know? Like, in the last fight, as soon as, as Chainsaw Man had sort of even a little bit of an upper hand, Makuma said, we forgot about this? Bang. Yeah. <laughs> Gunshot. Yeah, you know, definitely. Vacuum shot. Uh, you got anything else on this one? No. Um, I think, you know, our closing note is just, we're, it seems like we're back in the wild ride. We yeah. thought we had a handle on it, but I'm I'm... Fully handing myself over. It's it's go time again in Chainsaw Man. Yeah, yeah. I love it. That's what I'm here for. I'm really, I'm stoked. Now, uh, Dr. Stone next? Dr. Stone and then close out with One Piece? Yeah, and then a little bit of Jujutsu, because I have, I have some opening thoughts I'd like to discuss. Yep, yep. Uh... So, Dr. Stone, we're getting back, again, we're, we're, we're doing good, we're getting back into what I like, which is, we're gathering resources, man, we're doing right, it. Right, we, we left off with the problem of... What is this, 161? Oh, oh, yeah, did we even discuss the... the Boku, 291, that? Chainsaw Man, 93. Bingo. Dr. Stone, 173? 174. 174. Impressive recall. Um, <clears throat> so, we left off from the end of 173 with the problem of, we need to escape... Stanley, so we have time to gather rubber. If we are stopping and gathering rubber for these bikes to get up the mountain to the top of the Amazon and then down the Amazon to, uh, you know, the, the latitude and longitude that we calculated earlier, then they're going to catch us. Yep. So how do we either throw them off or speed up? You know, they sped up in the last chapter, but that was a temporary way to get out of harm's way. So now... Where, you know, it's not imminent doom in minutes, but it's like, we you know, we got to figure something out if we're really going to be stopping to gather rubber. They also almost address what we've been talking about. Because someone's like, wow, it sure would be great if we could just, like, call Stanley off. That was, like, my main takeaway from the chapter. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm hoping, what, uh, I don't know, man. So, but so, some genius out there needs to explain to <laughs> me what the state of affairs is as to why... Stanley is is coming there to kill everybody. Yeah, I don't know. Regardless, uh, they're they're they keep saying to Ukio like, "Can't you do anything, radar guy?" He's like, "No, idiot. Like, what do you think I can do? Like, they they are faster than us." And the plan they come up with, they're gonna go for the Panama Canal because if they can make it there, then they can lose Stanley because the Perseus is not gonna be able to get through the Panama Canal. Mm -hmm. And there's a fun moment where they're like, "We'll have to sacrifice someone." Oh, yes, it's the only way. But it turns out it was just the moving lab. So, yeah. what do you... <laughs> hilarious panel of... Hilarious couple panels, but the really funny one to me was when they had the clear divide on the boat of the characters who considered the mobile lab 
Goodbye, Mobile Labs on uh, the Mobile Lab to be a character, and uh, which people on the boat were like, "No, it's a machine." Yeah, Taiju does the the One Piece X on the hand. Goodbye, we'll still be friends. Yeah, I, we had said like two chapters ago, like uh, was that hands up thing that prevented Stanley from getting the shot back when they were still on the river in Oregon? Uh, a One Piece shout out. And, okay, maybe that would have been more vague. This is a very clear, there's an X yeah. on Taiju's <laughs> arm and he's doing it backwards. It's, it's a One Piece shout out. And they're, you know, they're saluting the mobile lab very much the way that you would have uh, yeah. attended the the funeral of the Mary. Uh, now, the long and short of that is they're sending the mobile lab away uh, because it's a decoy. Because St- even if Stanley suspects it might be a decoy, he still has to chase it because if it is them and they make it to the Panama Canal, he's never going to get them. So he has to divert course to to investigate. Right, but we do get one panel of of devious Stanley saying, "Oh, that's a plan, but it's a pretty obvious one." So, I I think there could be a possibility. It's like either a double decoy or there's something you know something going on that we're not exactly privy to right now yeah. because of that one panel. It's like, you know. Is is Stan? I mean, I guess we're saying Stanley is a super genius tactician, saw and he he sees all the chess pieces in his mind type type bull. Because like Zeno is smart and and Stanley's good at fighting, but is he like a super genius? I think I think Stanley is like not super fight. He, he's like a Bond style like combo strategist plus yeah. fighter type of guy. Yeah, you know. He's, yeah, I can he, see that. Um, um, which is powerful. That's, yeah, that's, it's. I mean, he's definitely a a powerful type enemy. And so, they said they've set him up to just be like, but look, if he if he's in range of us, we're dead. Right. They they Gen says like if he, he has a sniper rifle, so if he sees us, it's over. You know. And then we got the pretty crazy shot of Zeno's doing the the pose while Senku and and Kohaku explode into blood behind him. It's like, yeah. damn, that's a cool battle. <laughs> With his fucking bugle fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Now, okay, so we got that. We sent the mobile lab off. Then we get to part two, rubber collecting mini game. Yay. Yeah, there's really not too much interesting here. Um, there's one interesting thing that happens. Besides, right, yeah. this interaction between Gen and Xeno. Um, basically, Gen being a little coy and, and saying, look, I know you love science. I know He gives him here. a knife because they're collecting rubber by cutting open trees. Right, exactly. And he hands him a knife and he says, come on, join in on the rubber collection. I know you like this stuff. Yeah, and he's like, you're going to give me a knife? Like, me or enemy? And basically, Gen is like, come, come on, bro. You're, like, you're, you're not an enemy. Like, you like science. We're doing science, buddy. Come on. You're, come on. It's, it's an important step that I'm, I'm glad they actually sunk even that Well, that's of, Gen's role in the party. That's what he does. He's the... Right. He's the social... The convincer. Yeah, the mentalist. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just remember, touching back on football, like, any time there was a... We're, we've been Eagles fans, so we almost always watch the, uh, you know, Fox has the NFC games. But any time I happen to be watching a AFC game, which is normally on CBS, there was, like, a good five years between 2008 and 2013 where it's, like, next up there's 60 Minutes... And then after 60 minutes is The Mentalist, <laughs> um, which I have never watched one second of, but seemed like the shittiest show of all time. Yeah, it's, it's, um, 
I've watched an okay amount of it. It's like that show. You yeah, ever seen Psych? Yeah. It, listen, it was on after football. What do you mean? <laughs> Wait, there, wasn't 60 Minutes before uh, Mentalist? Or am I remembering? Uh, it uh, you might be right. I don't know. Regardless, it's like that show Psych, if you ever saw that. But Psych is funny. Yeah, I, right. Mentalist it's instead is... of instead of uh, two, it's like a buddy comedy. It's no, it's like a procedural cop drama, except he's just like a mentalist that solves crimes with a sexy police son partner. Uh, oh, I. It's hard to concoct in a lab a show that would would have my eyes like rolling back further into my head. <laughs> it's definitely not uh, quality television. We can say that in my in my super awesome perfect world, <laughs> the Mentalist would not crappy TV shows would not exist. I, I I'm I, I I've talked about this with Dylan recently. I like I enjoy watching TV shows and movies. Like I you know I'm not by any means a Wait, what do you say? What's the equivalent of well-read, well-watched? I guess, um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not very extensive in, <clears throat> in my knowledge or experience of it, but I'm somebody who, who loves stories, and I, you know, I love storytelling, and there's great storytelling to be had in TV shows and movies. So I've watched my fair share. Um, I still have not got to the level of really liking and enjoying bad movies and TV shows for the sake of like schlockiness. Which... It's a specific niche. It's 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 listen, it's not it's not good. That's the whole thing. So like if you don't like it, okay, it's not it's but there's a there's a joy to it because you know what it is? There's there's movies that are bad because they suck. Like, you know, big budget action movies like uh old, old, well Jonah Hex. I was gonna say Ultraviolet, but I think some people like that movie. But then there are movies that I are have no idea. Either of those are illustrating my my not very well watched point. There are movies that are bad because these people tried their hardest and they they missed. They blew it. And, but it's like the earnestness, which is what's good. You so know. So you like that? I, I see. I had the feeling that most more people would say it's better when the director knows that they're making a bad movie and they're like sort of wallowing in corniness. There, there's, there's some of that that's okay, but no, what I, I appreciate uh, crazy people. I appreciate, I appreciate anyone who takes big swings and it's just, and also I just love crazy ideas, right? And that's where you find the craziest ideas. And sometimes it really works out, you know, like Blair Witch Project. They were just like, we're going to go get cameras and walk around in the woods. Okay, but I, I, Blair Witch Project is a good movie. It, it is a good I, movie. I don't think that's What, a, what that's I'm like saying to you is that... I don't think most people that are like into good, bad movies could consider no, Blair what Witch. No, what I'm saying is, you know, you give someone a camera and the freedom to wield it how they choose. Sometimes you get a Blair Witch Project, but sometimes you get this other thing, which is fun in its own way, because... Yeah, I, I, it's not that I, I don't understand the phenomenon i don't understand it experientially like yeah. th there's just something about it that doesn't tick for me in the way that it, it does for music for example there's definitely music to me that i would consider bad music and i either enjoy it in spite of that or it's almost to the point of me enjoying it because it's bad yeah but you know maybe there another kind of angle of what I like about it is like those things are like corny because they're like mega embracing tropes you know like Red Dead it's oh the rattlesnake and the the swinging door and the man walk like mm -hmm. you've seen it so many times but when you play it straight and you're so earnest and you're like yes the bad man has come to town I know this is corny but fuck it like we're, when you were six you love that shit you're like yeah, yeah we're, we're doing it it's I think all like it. comfort and comfortability is, is probably a big pretty big element of why people like that yeah the, the, I think the genre 
of movie that most gets that reaction from people is horror. People love schlocky horror. Yeah. And it falls out the other side of horror into, like, there's no tension because it's a shitty horror. And people that love watching shitty horror movies, like, it's... The vibe that I've gotten from them is, like, it's relaxing and fun and comfortable in the way that, like, a normie would like yeah. watching, like, a rom-com almost. Yeah, you know? but, okay, this, this is a, a kind of a big sidetrack, but the other other week I watched this movie called Upgrade with, with Jake, which, by the way, it, was, it fucking rules, man. It was really good. Uh... But you, you didn't you didn't really like like because that is like Wait, which one was this the Nick there was Cage the one, one the guy who was the quadriplegic and he gets the chip in oh, his brain yeah, and then yeah, he's yeah. he's fucking doing the robot kung fu no no th- so I, it it kicked off this conversation that we were having and I could feel a couple moments I didn't get it from the directorial vision I got it from the performance the actor's yeah. delivery where I think I tend more to the side of I want it to be intentional I want. Because then it starts to get to something that I like, which yeah. is like people recognizing tropes, playing with them, playing into them, playing out of them. Um, this guy would like, I don't know if you've ever seen, you viewers on, listeners on, has ever uh, seen the show. I think you should leave. Um, but the, the, <laughs> the, the main dude from I Think You Should Leave has like some of the most overblown delivery uh, <laughs> I've ever heard. It, He's like wearing a hot dog costume and has crashed his hot dog car into the store. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, this is terrible. I, oh, we should, oh, we should find the guy who did this. <laughs> and then this guy in this upgrade movie is being completely serious, you know, uh, supposed to be being completely serious. And it, like, I, I, I had to like pause myself and take myself out of the movie. I'm like, Dude, he's a dead ringer for, for I think this could yeah. just be an I think you should be it's, it's, right now. It, but it's, it's discount Tom Hardy looking stoically into the distance. There's something I gotta do. That's that's what I'm like. Yeah, man, let's do it. That's great. It, he's like getting tormented by the <laughs> this sort of evil scientist type of guy, and, and he's like, "Oh man, come on, man!" <laughs> I'm like, what, what is this? But I, that's what I like a little bit more than like I don't know if I could contrast that to the vision that you were offering before, which is. Somebody, you know, you hand a guy a camera, you take a swing, um, and swinging for the senses, there fences. There's something beautiful about that. That's um, the the easy Don DeLillo. We my, love Don my, DeLillo my here. My man, yeah, calls novel writing a, a democratic shout. That's he says it's unique to the novel, which I don't agree with, but it's a, it's an interesting concept. He says anybody can write a great novel. It's a it's a shout. It's a spray. It's just. Like, you know, any schlub off the street could have that one idea because in his mind, novels have their own internal logic and it all starts off this one kernel and then everything plays out sort of logically from there. But um, I don't necessarily jive with this idea that, like, the bad art that I like is somebody swinging for the fences and that's what I like about it. To me, I, I like it when it's masterful and... Like a soaring ego of somebody who uh, is operating in like pastiche reference and uh, being corny as a cloak to to walk through all of I, these things I, that they want to play with. Well, but see, that's the thing to me is like no matter how hard you try, you know, you can be as masterful and self aware, and you can know all the tropes. You can't you can't replicate the easy example is the room, right? Surely you've seen the room. I haven't seen the room, but I've heard a lot. It's, it's I re- think I understand yeah. what, 
I've, I've even watched some scenes on YouTube, and I think I get a sense of the type of corniness. Right, and it's is. and that's the kind of thing where, like, Tommy Wiseau is, like, he might be a reptilian. Like, he's very fucking weird. He's just crazy enough, and he believes in himself enough where he's like, no, I'm doing it. And he did it. Now, that's, but that's too easy, you know, because everyone knows that movies. But, like, I, I, I don't I don't necessarily run with this idea. I mean, I, I understand, but, no, they're... I, the true, the true shittiness, the true crazy, you can't replicate it, you know? It's, it's a lot, sometimes it's a, a confluence of things. It's like, oh, the director pulled out at the last minute, and now they're just shooting with half the budget, like... One thing that I'm thinking about for movies specifically is that there's a little bit of an alchemy between directorial vision and actor performance. Yeah. In a way that doesn't exist for music and novels and things Dude, like that. Dude, all kinds of shit. Movie, movies have been fucked up for crazy reasons, you know? Studios change things, like... I, I think... Maybe there's directors who get it, but one great example of this is the gravity of somebody like Nick Cage, who could take, in my mind, could take a completely serious director's project and with his own black hole of, of ridiculousness, yeah. invert it into something that's like, uh, you know, schlocky, but sort of... In my mind, as, as is in yours, uh, Nick Cage is, is like postmodern performance art Unironically, I'm going to tell you he's the greatest actor. He's the one. He's a national treasure. Every single one of his movies is awesome in its own way. Like, he he has crazy performances. He has legitimately... He's an Oscar winner. And then you also have Ghost Rider 2, Spirit of Vengeance, and fucking Joe, and, and like... He just does... He does... I love it. The, the thing is, to me, it's you can say that unironically, but... It, that in itself is ironic because he weaponizes irony. That's that's why to me, right. What he, 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 that's his his sword. That's his hammer. Is I like I I am I Nick Cage am bigger than any part that you could cast me in. <laughs> and as soon as I am on screen, I am Nick Cage. Yeah. And uh, this move that this is you know like the way that people on 4chan used to be like. This is now a, a, a Dove's thread. Like, post them. <laughs> like, it, 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 like, Nick Screen walks into frame. Nick, Nick Cage walks into frame, and it's like, this is now a Nick Cage movie. Yeah. he. It's him, Adam Sandler, and maybe Shia LaBeouf, who are the transcendent sages who figure... They're, they're, they get the joke. They're in. Shia LaBeouf's star is burning <laughs> brightly. He, he, could, he could be a tiger cub. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's <laughs> awesome, dude. But yeah, and the thing is... Listen, we're we're getting off topic. I don't give a we're shit. So far off topic. I, listen. Do you remember the, the the colonel that got us here? No. Ataragi it, Gen is the mentalist. Oh, CBS. right. Okay. Well, then I, we got <laughs> on after sixty minutes, bro. Simon, the guys, the actor's name was Simon. He has the blonde curly hair. Whatever. Moving on. So I think the way that we can tie this back in is, um, in general, we've discussed this idea that. We like reading Solo Leveling and Dr. Stone, and there's a reason why they're on the spate, but they have certainly a different quality than the other three that we've discussed. Yeah. And why is it that, that we like Dr. Stone so much? I don't think, I think it should be evaluated as a different phenomenon than, quote, bad movies or why we like a Nick Right, Cage no, because Dr. Stone like is good. Like, it's not, it's not, I don't enjoy it for its badness. It's, I like it, it's just not as good. It's not the same, but you can say that, like, in some ways it operates in the ways that we like bad movies. Well, it's, right, like, because it's, I... it's junk food. Right, it's, exactly. Uh, it's, it's not deep. And, I, like, it, it, in my mind, operates a lot on the way that uh, personal preference versus uh, public judgment is. 
It's not the one that I'm putting up on the pedestal. And I would say to other people, this, this is what I consider good in art, which I think there's a, there's a time and a place for. Yeah. There's not no such thing as, as good in art. It's personal, what you consider good, but there is such a thing as good in art. This is a personal judgment. I like it. It makes me feel good. And yeah. in that way, it, it kind of operates similarly to like bad movies. It's totally like agree. That's well that said. I, it's 10 minutes well spent to me because I, you know, I look at it, I giggle, the art is nice, and the plot operates in a way that is sort of just like familiar and accessible to me. Right. Um, so to that, can you can you really quick look uh, in Doctor Stone in the part where the where he gives him the knife? Somebody says something about man. I sure would like it. Wouldn't be great if Stanley would just like stop. Uh, are they saying it to Zeno? Because I saw that and it was like the only thing I could focus on for my whole read. You know what I'm talking about? No, I I, I just looked through like most of the chapter and I don't think there's anything like that. Although I, I felt like I recalled it. So whatever, I, I'm a smooth brain. It I th happens. I think I need somebody. It, it just ties into the the bigger question to me of like what the fuck Stanley's motivation is and uh, you know what's supposed to be going on. Yeah. So um, I think I I need like I might go on the the Reddit or something and make some sort of big idiot. Braden posts and yeah. be like, can someone walk me through what the nature of the Alliance and Stanley's motivation is right now? Because I need to know. I, it doesn't make sense to me. Right. Okay. Uh, should we move on? I think we, we, we've kind of lost it on Dr. Stone. Yeah. Yeah. There's not too much else to say. Um, so, the you know, they acquired rubber. They, they, yeah. They right. Need that. Um, uh, genius geographer Chelsea Son, of course, knows where the rubber is. She's helping. She knows the whole world. Yeah. Um, there was a, a great bit at the end of the chapter where Senku looks like the Michelin man, and they have the Senku versions of all the big Tyra brands behind him. Senkulin. Michelin equals Senkulin. Firestone equals Senku Stone. And Goodyear equals Good Senku. <laughs> um, that, was, that was a good touch. And then the, the only other thing that I wanted to, to uh, acknowledge is that my original idea about... Um, the whether or not it's like a double decoy or there's something deeper to their plan because if the Panama Canal were an option, they wouldn't need rubber. They well, could, what they, they could go through the Panama Canal and then just go up the Amazon. They they talked about how like first of all they don't even know if it still exists uh, or is usable after however many years. Well, yeah, I think it would involve some you know <clears throat> some sciencing and some some yeah. machining to to make usable. But. And and yeah. But I, I, that seems like more work than just uh, build, building motorcycles. Right, which to me would suggest they might be doing a double decoy thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, we'll see. We'll find out. Uh, should, we, should we keep it rolling? Yeah, yeah, let's keep it rolling. All right, so last up in the spate, uh, One Piece 995, 996. 995. 995, five away from 1,000. Now this chapter... Uh, feature something that I don't normally say, which is like, this is a fuck yeah Nami chapter. She yeah. she was the standout of this chapter. That's a little that's a little teaser. We'll get to it. Let's 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 uh let's get into it though. We we open with something that's pretty cool, which is uh Mama Marco one v one. Yeah, and Marco is holding his own. Mama remarks, "I I can't do anything." So I had these previously Phoenix flames have special powers. I previously thought that Marco did not have the child was not Yonko level, but yeah, he he. Well, it's interesting because this 
sort of is a check in both columns. On one hand, Marco's holding his own, but on the other hand, Mama, like, sort of realizes that he's holding his own and is like, uh, I don't have the time for this. And yeah. then in that moment overpowers him and grabs him. So, like, the note I had down was that it's like showing that as the lieutenant of the man who is probably the strongest y- Yonko prior to him dying, a white beard. Eh, him um, or Kaido, but yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> as his lieutenant, you know, his, his strongest guy, he's probably the, the strongest second of the strongest Yonko is somebody who's probably basically almost Yonko yeah. level. Um, yeah, at the very least, he's above, I would say, above King Queen Jack. Uh, so that puts him closer to Kaido. Right, exactly. But it, th- that's exactly the power level that that you would expect from this interaction yeah. then. is like somebody who can hold their own, but when the chips come down, is getting beaten by a Yonko. So interesting little, little sort of power scale um, explanation there. And it, and it gives us, you know, an assurance that although Marco can be a major player in the, the way the rest of the New World plays out, it's, uh, it, it, he's not going to be at a level where he can, you know, 1v1 a Yonko. Um, so she, like, slightly overpowers him, grabs him by the neck, and says, do it, Prospero. And he's got his candy bow, and he's going to uh, wreck Marco when... Sulong mode. Yeah. Wanda and Carrot show up because they've got unfinished business. Here's the thing, though, I gotta say with Carrot. What is the beef with Pero Sparrow? Pedro blew his himself up. Yeah, Pero Sparrow says that. He's, he's yeah. like, yo, uh, what's the deal, man? He, he blew himself up. Yeah, like, listen, I, I get that you loved Pedro, but it's not. Pero Sparrow didn't do anything. He didn't kill him. Like, he was just there. I don't know. I think Carrot is not justified in her vengeance on this one. I gotta check it out. I feel like <clears throat> Pero. Prospero he was, was, be, was being an asshole, though. I yeah, like he was, he was, he was like, like, harrying them as they were trying to escape, and Pedro did the suicide vest to let them get away, but that's not... I feel like he was saying some shit, though, that was, that was like, assholey, maybe. If I, that's I, the I, case, I don't, I don't remember. But uh, I, I agree with you. Like, come on. These are pirate fights. Pedro did that of his own accord. Yeah. It was very cool of him to do, but it wasn't Prospero's fault. And... I'm I'm glad that you came here and saved Marco, and I think you should beat up Paris Barrow, but like, they're they're just they're, they're being a, a little bit extra about it. Yeah, <laughs> you got to have the emotional weight for the fight. So there you go. But yeah, agree, extra. So when they rock up, that you know they they fucking slash Paris Barrow in the face, not mortally at all, but like they're obviously here serious, and the two of them are enough of a, a match for Paris Barrow that. He can't, you know, just knock them aside. And so it sets us up a little bit for Carrot and Wanda versus uh, Perisboro. And then Marco looks over and notices the ice Oni thing going down. And it seems like he might be able to solve this with... He's um, a doctor, so yeah. Yeah. And he um, has... He, Phoenix uh, flames. Yeah, healing. He could just... Whoosh, yeah. Like, could he just flame the whole thing, melt the ice, and heal everybody all I think he can. I mean, that would be within the scope of his powers, I would think. But we haven't seen him do that, but yeah. Mama notices him noticing that, and is like, uh-uh. You know, so we sort of have this Mama versus Marco thing, and then Perisboro versus uh, the two. But also, the, the overriding feeling I'm getting from everything going on in this arc is that we may never really get something like a symmetrical 1v1. Yeah, it seems showdown. like it's going to be a lot of smaller skirmishes. 
and a lot of people joining a lot of different fights. That's maybe that's interesting. You know, uh, Grand Line was a lot of that. Luffy versus the Big Boss, and and it's the Straw Hat Pirates. And ever since we got to the New World, they're doing interesting things. They're splitting the group up. Like Zoro was was or Sanji was just gone for a while. You know, like in in the Dressrosa, San the Sanji group was gone. yeah. Sanji, they're they're doing less one v ones. They're doing more team like just different interesting ways of maybe maybe because you know maybe it just gets boring. He's trying to switch it up. Yeah, it it definitely is interesting. It it you know deviates from the norm a little bit, and we don't even know for a fact that that's going to be the case. It it could be that we we still have yet to really uh, drop into the true one v ones of this. They arc, made a but... specific reference to fighting oars though. In this, like, most couple recent chapters. Right. They're like, if we could beat Oars, like, this is nothing, you know? So, it does kind of feel like that. Yeah. Um, it was just a vague sense that I got as I saw them sort of squaring off there. I was like, yeah, you know what? It's teasing this thing of, of those two sort of matchups, but, you know, we may never really get the, the clean matchup. In the I part. hope that's not the case. They, they already cucked me not giving Zoro his Grand Samurai moment. Like, you gotta just give me a couple mixes. Come on. How, yeah, how can you have? I'm gonna be really disappointed if that's the case. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. That will be a missed opportunity for me. But who, I'm not questioning Oda. Like he, he's got it. I trust him. But the, this is samurai time. Yeah. Give give my my sweet boy Zoro <laughs> the, the shine he deserves. Speaking of Zoro, um, we go from Carrot and Wanda v Prospero and Marco v Mama, um over to the ice only thing that Marco notices, and the ice only thing is now game night, as Scratch Manapu has the antibodies, Scratch Manapu has the Pfizer vaccine <laughs> that uh, we delivered ahead of schedule the five times faster than any other Isoni vaccine. <laughs> they said, a lot of people said that uh, I couldn't do it. They said I was too weak, my hockey wasn't strong enough, but let me tell you, it's tremendous. I did it better, faster than everyone. Tons uh, high energy. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Um, it, it's it's game night. They're chasing him, and it's 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 basically not much of a challenge thus far. It's it's Zora and Drake clowning on Apu. They haven't got it yet, but Apu is basically reduced to um, you know, running away from them. good. What he deserves. He's he's put in his place. Fuck you up. I, he's just. Check he annoys the shit out of... No, it annoys me. Good, I'm glad. Check her out. And um, yeah. It, dude, I am, uh... Well, oh, here, I'll, I'll, I'll close my thoughts about this little portion of the fighting after this note. Um, we see a lot of stuff going on with the, the Ice Oni game. You know, people are like, hold on, brother, I'll get this for you. And Scratch Man's up, who's like, what the fuck, blah, blah, blah. But the only stuff of any import that we get um, besides Drake and Zoro fighting him, Drake does have a good line where he's like, I always hated you. <laughs> <laughs> well, me too, man. Fuck yeah. you. Um, uh, the only thing of, of much import that we get, we get, uh, Queen looking at, um, the wanted posters and going, ooh, uh, Sanji is Vince Smoke Judge's, uh, son. So, interesting. They, they wouldn't have just put that in there for no reason. Uh, there, uh, that... Gets us back to, you know, there was that King Sanji interaction. Yeah. But if Queen specifically is interested in, in Sanji, 
that would be a more symmetrical lineup and if, considering Queen is the number three and Sanju's. If Queen is uh, the plague, he's a science-type bull, like Vin Smokes were the forefront of pirate technology, so that connection is there. Yeah, it, so <clears throat> it's not that deep right now. It's just a little hint, but it could be there. And then the other thing we get in this whole Isoni um, theater is Brooke is immune to the Isoni virus. Got no he's, skin? Got no skin. Yo, ho, ho. In fact... Um, but now it has Chopper's arm. Chopper's arm is, uh, has Lysoni virus. He didn't even notice. To be honest, it, this is verbatim what I've written down. To be honest, with everything else going on right now, dot, 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 I hope this is resolved ASAP because I do not care about Agreed. Could not agree more. Sorry, Chopper, but you're small potatoes right now. There's two Yonkos on the board. Wait, let me, let me see that, please. It's just, it's like such a delaying thing to go. It's a Sony game. We've been watching a lot of Pro ZD videos. It's literally, this is a Pro ZD plot line. Like, this is a Sony game. (laughs) Shut the fuck up and get me back to the main plot line. Yeah, yeah. And it, it does make me feel like what you were saying for some reason... Oda is just like filling time. That's what if that's what like why do that? You could have you could have so much crazy shit going on that we could focus on. One Piece is a beautiful manga for many 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 reasons. Pacing is not exactly one of them. It's better in the manga than it is in the anime. Yeah. But uh, you know, now that especially that you have other great shonen style hero battle mangas to compare them to that move much faster yeah it it it, going back to it feels incredibly slow that's interesting and i compare it to dragon ball maybe it feels nice and paced but like yeah that's to to my hero it's 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 slow i never i never made that connection but you're a million percent right chainsaw man even more so it's it's just we're doing it we're going chainsaw man's definitely in a different theater overall in, in mood tone and pace but um you know, Boku is very comparable, and then it's just, you know, leagues different as far as the pace. Yeah, all, all that to say, I'm with you. The the ice only thing I'm pretty ready to move on from, which is great because we can move on to the highlight of the issue, which is uh, Usopp and Nami fighting Ulti and, and Pepe, the, yeah. the dino boys. So first of all, we get a classic... Some 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 very solid Usopp and honestly stuff that felt like, um, you know, first half Usopp. It's, right. It's him using his, uh, his plants inventively. He does the devil thing to snatch up Ulti <clears throat> out of the air, and then Pepe Peyton, um, in dinosaur form, snaps the devil in half. The 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 devil plant in half. I, I really hate the pop greens, man. Pop that, greens suck. It's, it, we it. That's the one change I would make if I could change one piece is like, don't just make Usopp be a, a plucky inventor son who, who yeah, figures who it out with his, his wits. Stuff. And the, the dials were the perfect. Yeah, the, the dials were great. It's just like that's his own thing that he could springboard off of and nobody else in the world. And then it's just <clears throat> a completely off screen. He went to this one island and now he uses. Plants. Yeah, why don't you just send him to the dial island and oh, Usopp, you can invent your own dials if you're creative enough. Great. That's whatever. That's my gripe. It's fine. But yeah, yeah. regardless, yeah. we get another. Usopp takes more dammies than anyone. He takes yeah. the full headbutt from. Uh, that's that's Ulti. really that's really what felt like the first half. Ulti said, you know, Usopp fires off the bamboo spears that grow up into Peyton, and Ulti's, you know, ha- had enough of this bullshit. She's like, 
I'm rocking this dude in the face, and she yeah. does. She headbutts him, and we get a classic Usopp skeleton, his skull fracturing yeah. uh, panel, just like the one from uh, Arabasta where he gets rocked by Mr. Four's baseball bat, and you just see his skeleton, like, shattering. Um, it's like X-ray-style Usopp, and... Shout out Usopp, man. Yeah. He, he just took, took that to the face. Usopp I mean, is he's a... He's down for the count, yeah. but he's still alive. He's, he's an earnest... Uh, He's, he takes a lot of damage, but he always shows up for the team, which is good. And then we get part two. Uh, Ulti grabs Nami, and she's she's like, "You yeah, you fucking suck. Like, what are you going to do now? Nami says, I surrender. I yeah. surrender. No more headbutts, please. Yeah. And she's like, okay, I accept your surrender <clears throat> if you say... The one thing that really pisses me off, your captain's been running around saying he's going to be the king of pirates. My captain is going to be the king of pirates. So I'll accept your surrender if you say... That your captain, Straw Hat Luffy, will never be the king of pirates. And she says, Luffy will never... Luffy will never stop until he's the king of pirates. Woo! Let's go! Yes, Nami, you did it. Ride or die. Love that shit. This... This is what pop-off moments look like for the weaklings. Like, like Momo had the one where he's like, I, I, I am Momo's yeah. okay, Odin. Like, that's who I am. Like, yes, let's go. Let's go, Momo. And th this is the same thing. That's, that's all I need from Nami. She, yeah. she doesn't need to, like, zap, uh, you know, 5,000 people instead of 2,500 people with her lightning. No one cares. This is what I need from her. This the, is the the moments of courage, right? And it gets directly to the center with the the thing that I love deep in my child's soul, which is like it's about the, she believes in her captain. I'll never turn my back on my friends. I'm like, yes, dude, fuck yeah, that's right. Because exactly, you don't have to be a, a powerhouse. Just be. She was brave and cool. I'm like, yes, love it. And Usopp is even like, it's okay, Nami. Just protect yourself. But no, she could never do that. She can't say it. Yeah. It, it's uh, it's like the um, the thing from Strong World, where she, you know, she tells her to leave yeah. a message saying, and then you don't get until the end of the movie the fact like, please save me. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's right. It's cool. I and and it's it, it's just nice when we see how much they believe in Luffy. Like they know he, this. He's the guy. He's gonna be the fucking pirate king. It's cool. It it really touches my heart. There's but, not too much else to say. Yeah. I like. We we know what we want out of this arc. It's it's boiling, it's bubbling, it's getting there. But along the way, a moment like this is really nice. And it, yeah. like just like you said, it's like that that romantic stuff that really beats in your breast yeah. with One Piece. That is the type of stuff. We're that, both sitting here like like it. smiling because it's cool. It's 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 the walk to Arlong Park. It's the same energy. It's where you dun, just done. Dun. You know, dude. Dun, 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 dun. You made my friend cry. It's over for you. We're going. We're going. They're like, yeah, big time. Yeah. Not to, you have any other closing notes from this One Piece chapter? Uh, no. Other than let's go. Uh, I, if we are gonna do small skirmish styles, at least make them interesting. Keep like keep it keep it moving, and no more ice oni game. We're off no, of that. Yeah. You know? I, I'm very much hoping that someone else can intervene and stop Mama from getting to Marco, and Marco the Phoenix can just say. Phoenix Fire, everyone's unfrozen and healed instantly. All right, cool. Yeah, Game yeah. Over. Um, the only thing I will add at the end of this is 995. Baby. Dude, five more. Five more. Sniffing. Sniffing. Within tasting distance. Let me sniff the toes of, of <laughs> chapter 1000. That's Please. the... Yeah, like, that's the thing. No matter what I say about One Piece, 
more than Chainsaw Man, more than Boku. I, episode issue a thousand is what I'm most excited about. One Piece is it's blood it's, in the water. It's my oldest friend. It's yeah. It's 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 blood in the water. Okay. Now, last thing I want to do before we wrap it up, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. Now, uh, I don't think we're gonna do like a, an issue type discussion. Just more of a general overview. I want to talk to you about my thoughts thus far because here's the thing, listener son. Jake, Jake has often given me good recs, and he said this one is really good, which typically I say, okay, I'll, I'll give it a shot, and I just couldn't get into it. I couldn't, I like for some reason it wasn't, it wasn't there Did for me. Did you start Jujutsu Kaisen or Chainsaw Man first? Because I think I read Jujutsu Kaisen and then Chainsaw Man. I started them pretty much, if not the same day, like within a day of each other. Uh, but Chainsaw Man just grabbed me, and and Jujutsu Kaisen didn't. But I I I'm chugging. I'm on issue seventy now. I think there's like hundred and forty something. So I'm halfway there. Uh, so let's just let me do this. Things that I really like about it. Uh, their Kaka the the connection with Naruto is pretty big. Uh, but their Kakashi Gojo is the man. He's cool. Every time he's on screen, I'm invested from the from the get-go where he goes, don't worry, I'm crazy strong. I said, yes, we're, you're cool. And I like, like, the whole Team 7 dynamic, they do it, like, it, I would call it more muted. It's like a realistic Sasuke who's not a, a cringe lord, you know, mm -hmm. or the kid with the goggles. Like, it's those archetypes, but, like, yeah. normal. When that's nice to see, I like... And what, the girl's name, Kaginori, or something like that? Yeah. She, she's like, uh... A fusion of normal Sakura and inner Sakura. Yeah. One of the worst things about Naruto is the abandonment of inner Sakura. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great bit. I loved inner Sakura. I agree. Very funny. Uh, yeah, I like I like Itadori. I like his energy. Like he's not like a, a complete himbo idiot, but he's like definitely carefree and he's like, yeah, we're gonna go sightseeing. Like that. I like those gags where they do like the kawaii face. Those are those are funny. And I like Fushiguro. Like I he's he's interesting to me. Um, I think the territorial expansion as an idea is pretty rad. Like I'm, I'm into it, but the thing that I, that I don't like about it. And I, I, I dialed into the center. I think of what it is, is it's too granular. Everyone's always explaining their abilities and then saying, ah, and by telling you this now, it, now it works better, which is not like, I don't need a step-by-step -step how your power works, but you like that. That's exactly the kind of shit that you would like. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I mean, you you get that sense, right, when we're having these discussions that, you know, it'll, like, be in the middle of a fight, and I'm be like, wait, well, why did, like, how did that happen that way? Like, by this the, the mechanics of this power, as we currently understand it, was, <laughs> is he actually supposed to be able to do that? Um, yeah, and, and once I, like, I, I see why this is good, and I'll tell you what, the anime is actually very good. And the closing theme is rad, where they're all dancing. Yeah, they're dancing. Too. So I'm in. Like I'm, I'm definitely gonna read more. But it's, it's really. It, I gotta adjust my, my brain settings. I, I hope that. Here's what I hope. Uh, right now, Itadori doesn't have any powers. Uh, so that's kind of whack. I'm at the part where it's like the, the Gojo flashback, where they're taking like this girl to be sacrificed, which seems pretty weird, by the way. They're like, this old man needs your body so he can continue to be immortal. That is creepy. I, that's interesting, but just weird, very strange. Also, uh, one thing I'll offer is at a certain point, I'll, I'll have to catch up on you with where you're reading right now. There's um, a canon prequel to the events of Jujutsu Kaisen. That's like five or six chapters that center on when the current second years were first years. Um, like Panda and, and the kid that 
talks right. and makes things explode. Okay. If you know, if there's a tiny detail that's like when they're introducing the second years, they say one of them is in America right now. Yeah, yeah. He's special grade, and uh, the um, the events of his first year at the school are detailed in that first part, and it has a lot of Gojo in it too. Nice. Um, so. There's a certain point at the uh, story that it, you should read um, that that prequel. Okay, um, I'll 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 peep it, but hmm, I I just I they they keep doing that like by explaining it, it makes it more powerful shtick. I think they only do it like once or twice, as far as I can recall. Yeah, but everybody explains what their shit does. I think they only do the by explaining it, I make it more powerful once. But no, the they, the the tax guy with the stick does it. And then just the thing I just read, the the poison blood guy with yeah, the mouth on his back. One he of does... the two brothers does it. Um, okay, so twice. But as a general note, they do spend a lot of time explaining uh, techniques. Yeah. Like I... uh, Nanami, his his ratio power. Yeah. That, you know. I, mean, uh, I, I like that. I enjoy yeah. it. No, and, and the, the powers themselves are cool. Like uh, the psychopath insane dude with the boogie woogie, that's cool. That's a, it like... The switchback, that's that's a cool fight, you know? Like, I'm, I'm into that. It's just, I, I want it to move a little bit. And also, I'm not really dialed into what the show is about. Like, I know they're trying to get the Sukuna fingers and feed them to Itadori, but it just feels very meandering. Like, and sure, maybe it takes 80 issues before we, we get into it. That's fair. But, you know, there, there, nothing about it is really like, he's at this shaman school and, okay, he's getting these fingers, but... Really, what are we? What are we doing? Yeah, um, I think one shortcoming of it—not necessarily shortcoming, but uh, an arena that it doesn't really venture too far into—is like uh, thematic complexity or anything. Yeah, um, Itadori's thing is pretty simple. His grandpa's like, "Live a good life, don't die alone." Okay, I won't. Yeah, I mean, stories like Chainsaw Man—there's um, cool combat, but philosophy storytelling and you know the the petty thematic part is very close to the forefront something like boku is very enjoyable from a shonen level but he you know if you're paying attention he's doing a lot of cool stuff with themes callbacks foreshadowing etc Jujutsu Kaisen doesn't have too much of that um I think exactly like you said it is a very very strongly connected story in naruto it feels like a even more of a spiritual successor to naruto than, it's it's than pretty like direct does. like gojo he is kakashi he's got the white hair and the mask and the eye powers like it's pretty one-to-one and again, naruto with i'm not gonna say it doesn't have themes or anything it's not it's not a a subtle story no i think like <clears throat> To contrast it with something that is in the same mood with it mostly, which would be One Piece. One Piece has much more of an investment in themes, foreshadowing, symbolism, etc. Yeah. Stuff like the recurring motif of inherited dreams, you know, all this stuff. I'd say that like the most interesting subcurrent in Naruto is um the comparison of Jinchuriki to like atomic bombs and, and stuff like that. Yeah. To me. That that's the most of what I got from it from or the most there's some interesting in things it. that about with uh regards to itachi's story and oh yeah okay yeah. okay no that's actually probably the best example mm. is is 
what does it require to bring people forward and end the cycle of hatred? Yeah. That, that, yeah. That, okay. No. Fair call. Fair call. That's that's the that's the best like thematic investigation in Naruto. To this point, there's really not too much of it in. There's really cool stories, characters, and powers in in Jujutsu Kaisen, but there's not too much by way of recurring motif that suggests something that the story is really in, you know invested what, in. You know what it is like, and I'm kind of just putting this together now. It's like very the energy is like laid back, like that that ending theme where they're all dancing. Like that's the energy of this. It's like we're not really going anywhere. We're telling interesting stories, but we're just it's just mellow. Like, even Itadori is, like, a more mellow version of Naruto. He's just, like, toned down, which I can fuck with. Like, that's a vibe that I'm actually kind of into, you know? What I'll say is you're, you're <clears throat> definitely still at the start. Yeah. Um, stuff ratchets up as as you continue into the next, you know, 40 or 50 chapters that you have. But um, Do, Does Gojo get a real mix? Yeah. I Like, I want it, dude. I want to see him do, yes. do it. I want to see him. <laughs> yeah. He does, uh, and it's fucking sick. Uh... I mean, to to get back to what you were originally saying, it's reasons one, two, and three why this manga is awesome. Yeah, is Gojo Satoru. He's he, he's the man. He's the essence of cool. Like, he he just looks at a guy and is like, "Oh, I I have really good eyes. I know what your ability is." Like, well, all right, well, fuck me, I guess. What am I gonna do? <laughs> Nothing. And uh, the other thing I'll offer is the Zenins. Like, you know. Okay, what is what is the deal with that? So, uh, Fushiguro is a Zenin. The bull with the blood power is also. Zenin, and then the girl, but she sucks. Like, she doesn't have any nan, or whatever they call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're just, a, like, a, a super powerful clan. Oh, like they're, like a sorcerer clan. They're Uchiha. Yeah. Oh, um, got it, got it. Because there's also, you come to learn later that there's a, a rival, uh, obviously, a, a, you know, a rival long-standing um, sorcerer yeah. uh, clan, so... I, I will say, and, and really it happened in the last couple chapters, like, Jujutsu Kaisen has some really interesting and, like, creepy art. Like, when when Fushiguro gets his partial domain expansion, he just, like, gets the crazy eyes, and he's like, all right, it's it's time to do it. And you're like, whoa, where did this come from, bro? Like, that's really weird. Because he's so calm. Uh, some cool body horror. Especially yeah. Especially with uh, Mahito. And, and the guy with the big mouth in his back. Yeah. He's like, it don't look at my back, bro. That's ooh, yeah, they they have creepy stuff going on, and um, I again on the art note, um, great uh, physiognomy and anatomy, and some of the fight scenes, like yeah. the way the characters contort and they, their muscles are moving and everything. They make I a really point, like the action in it. They make a point to say like how athletic Itadori is, and they always have him do like crazy poses and acrobatic shit. It's cool. It's not. It's 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 definitely fun, and it. It was okay in the manga. In the anime, though, it's really fun to watch. He's just jumping around and pu doing punches and, sh and stuff. But I do hope he gets a real ability soon because the I can focus the chakra into my fist and do a super punch is only interesting for so long. It really is Naruto. Sukuna is the QB, bro. It's the same. It, it's the same. It, it's very similar, but again, it, it, like you mentioned, it, it has some... Uh updating to it yeah you know it, it it feels like it's that next generation pacing is good you know it's so far it's been a little bit slow for me but i i just need to buckle down i think and yeah. it's not it's not that it's bad it's just it doesn't make me want to read 20 of them in a row like chainsaw man did but here's the At thing least. i'm gonna i'm gonna power through because i'm invested enough and frankly i think for the show it'll be good uh now I, here's the deal 
I think we're about done. I'm gonna give you a choice. We can either A, watch Fire Force, or B, watch Terror and Resonance. Your, your, your call. As homework? Yeah, like when we go upstairs, watch anime. Oh, I wanna watch uh, Japan Sinks. Ooh, ooh, Audible, we love that. Okay, Japan Sinks, we're on. Yeah, I have to leak real bad. I got, I got some people. All right, it's, it's, it's pee time, so we're out of here. Jake, go, I'll clean up. Uh, find us, the weekly spate, uh, at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram. And listener-san, thank you. You're out there. You're our, our fan, our one fan. We love that. Catch you later.